space. Uh, good people. What up, what up? Pull up a chair and join yes, us at sir. the Hip Hop Rail Table. Um, man, these cats is over here wasting all the content on man. stuff that ain't even being recorded. Like, I don't know. Y'all That's forgot we had. It's supposed the whole point of a podcast is to record the conversation with each other. I don't know. <laughs> Y'all done forgot coronavirus got y'all all the way thrown off. But I thought you record the meetings. I thought we was having a meeting. No, brother, this is an actual episode, <laughs> brother. What do you mean? This is Landon Hill on the mic. I'm back again with uh with the dear homies, co-hosts, friends, pals, whatever you want to call it. Uh I got two of the greatest people, man, to do a podcast with. First off, uh the one and only. Mind of Mylan, M-O-M, Mr. Mylan Drake. What's what's going on with you, sir? Oh man. Um this is this is this is one of those uh, necessary moments, man. It's just been uh it's been a lot. These are these are corona episodes right now and COVID or more like COVID nineteen uh, files. Yeah, yeah, files. That that's a very good one. It's just over overwhelmed uh i wouldn't say over overworked just over yeah just over overused you know just like my brain is i don't feel like it's had an off button for the last 40 days um and why not throw the fact that you can remember so, how many days it's been bro I, I done lost track of days I, did, I lost track of days after like the first week though i ain't gonna front I was like, what's oh, the no, yeah. I mean, it was those, Monday. I was like, what? Yeah, that that I've gotten past that. Like I don't I I literally just look at the calendar. <laughs> it's just like what what's today? Like even today, like when I sent that when I sent you the text message, it was like, yo, like what's up with the the Zoom link? I had the first look at my calendar, it was like, is today Thursday? Uh, <laughs> I feel like we was talking about it, but I just want to make sure you be like, dude, that's tomorrow. I was like, so I said, let me check the calendar. Check. Okay, today is Thursday. Hey man, what's up with that? <laughs> but yeah, so uh it's just it's just been a lot, man. Uh, I, I the way I could explain it is I had a meeting today with a good brother and, and that that brother I was meeting with, uh we both kind of like broke down. You know, so it was just like it's that we there so you know hip-hop is uh very very necessary at this at this point um we got dev the expert on uh, all things hip-hop today this is this is he's he's the uh the chief oh, con- you know uh he's the train conductor for for this for this episode he's gonna show me he's gonna tell me things uh about the beastie boy so i'm ready to learn <laughs> I'm, I'm excited <laughs> we, we, my yeah. leg is <laughs> so i need you to imagine uh, me and this will all make sense soon, show. people. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my, we don't even know what he's teasing. But what we what we do got down in uh, in LA, holding down all of LA. Uh, YG, aka Young Ghost, aka Young Dev. Uh, well, yeah, hopefully in the building in the in the barbershop building, according to his Zoom background right now. Uh, <laughs> well, <I laughs> people stay away from barbershop. By the way, yeah, it's not a background, people. It's literally where he is. He's like, okay, <laughs> don't move. He's waiting. Nobody I get in I'm waiting in line at an empty barbershop. Exactly. He's waiting in line. That says a lot in this COVID-19 season right now. 
This is just art. I'm just dis- I'm just displaying art right now. <laughs> no, nah, that's a distant memory, is what. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somewhere in the back that's, of my brain. But it earlier this week, somebody's about to have a painting. I need a picture of your chairs, bro. A teenage <laughs> black boy with a mini fro and a crooked lineup. <laughs> Hey, waiting in line <laughs> at an empty barbershop. Six feet, six feet behind someone else. It's going to be like a whole line right. of people. It's like, it was out the door. Like, yeah, they had to be like, bro, it was like, they had to be out the door. Like, like that is how the grocery store is. When I had to go to the grocery store, it's been a few times. I'm like, bro, these lines is crazy. And then I realized there's only like five people in line, but they just had the space. So, so yeah. Like, okay, I can wait. I can wait. All right, cool. So, yeah, so so yeah, Deb, where are you? you? Before we yeah, like where I mean, you know you're at the barbershop, but <laughs> like are you in the street? Sorry, like what what this give us give us we, we can't have an episode without this. We gotta know where where are you? What's up, good people? Your boy Young Dev down here in L of A. Um I'm in the building and I'm always be in the building. <laughs> Because apparently I'm an essential worker out here in these streets. If you didn't hear from last episode. <laughs> is this the first time you're hearing about this? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, like, <laughs> no, I, I don't mean, Man. I just like, like to thank Sharon for giving me that no, word. No, I'm just saying, you know, everybody's, everybody's situations uh, on their spill especially have been changing and has been different. But mine has been remaining the same. I, I just don't know. Maybe my lifestyle just pierces through all uh natural disasters and pandemics because uh ain't nothing changed in my life right now i'm still in the building learning these tricks of the trade so that when i go into the streets well you know i'm always in the streets somehow but <laughs> right you should not be in the streets as i'm right in now, the streets unless you're taking a stroll just to get some fresh air once be- they open back up the streets is when it's gonna go down i think they're gonna open the streets and you're gonna be out there like hey man it's a park over there brother like <laughs> put some cones out already like wait brother we're just now opening the street nah man i've been out here i'll tell you i'll tell you what to do like, right. what, what? <laughs> i'll show you a thing or two about a thing or two yeah man uh some of some of the same uh sentiments as you my other man just it's not so much over well no nah, i can i can say i'm overworked man but uh i work in it so I'm I'm setting everybody up who has to go home and all that stuff like that on top of still doing all the regular stuff. So things have kind of not in a sense, more of the things have kind of changed on what I do, but the quantity of what I do it was remaining the same. So that's what it is. So it may not be as uh, overbearing on my mind so much, but now it's still feeling like I'm being overworked. So. And in the meantime, there is a lot of projects because there is uh, it's not as busy with, uh, you know, transactions and whatnot and clients and whatnot. So they're taking this opportunity to do all the things they wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm in the middle of all that. man. I'm in the building. I'm in the building. They 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 gonna they gonna make sure they uh, they 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 pay you for one reason or another. You know, <laughs> you know, somehow, yeah. some way. But definitely, like we said, let's get on with this. And, and this and this uh, hip hop connoisseur, if you will, <laughs> uh, brother Mylon over there, just uh, for the one time, and I could say the probably the one time only, he just didn't do his homework, brother. That's, that's 
<laughs> no, this is not the this is not the first he never does homework, but he always creates the lesson, so he never has to do homework. No, 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 no. He's still getting way too much props. This is what I act like he does. He he, he never creates a lesson. One of the students that comes into the classroom in the front, like it's the first day of school, and you think like, oh yeah, like I well, he's at the front, he must be the professor, and then the professor comes in like what are you doing up here? And it's just like, uh, I, th- I thought I get things kicked off for you. M O M M O M. I wave my hand and say, I have an A in this class. <laughs> You're like, what? Like, yeah, I have an A in this class. Talk to the dean. You do have an A in Talk to the dean. Well, well, look, man, for, for this episode, the reason that, that we are, uh, or what we talk about, um, so Mylan saw, I hadn't even seen it. I don't know how I missed all of this altogether, but uh, Apple TV, who I wouldn't usually give a plug to, but just so that it makes sense. There is a documentary that's out on Beastie Boys um, on Apple TV. And Mylan was like, yo, based off this trailer, or I, yeah, I'm assuming it's based off the trailer or after having watched the, the early parts of it, was like, yo, are the Beastie Boys culture vultures? And that's just where we started at. And then that that just that kicked off what, what would have been a long debate. We was like, we just gonna yep. leave it for the for the yep. podcast. Um Dev actually has has watched this thing now. I haven't seen it yet. My that link is now mind you, I Dang. have I basically Im- imagine your great grandmother making potato salad. Dev has walked by a potato. And he is now the expert on potato salad. So that's that's what's Brother, happening. No, no, it doesn't even, it doesn't even, it. even matter. No, 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 no. None of this even matters. What First of all, your analogies are horrible. It, really <laughs> it doesn't even matter. They have to be. They just, they just, that's what I do. Like, they just keep, like, what, what did just happen? It doesn't matter. It's, it, you, I got the recipe from Big Mama. Dev walked by a potato. He knows potato salad. No, no. It's the, and, and what you did is you read the recipe and now you got it. Right, <laughs> like, exactly. you, ain't even, you ain't even tried your hand at it yet. Like, what do you mean? Exactly. <laughs> I, 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 read it. I, I read the whole thing. I got this it. man, <laughs> this man was watching. What Big Mama didn't tell you is you got to add an extra spring. Like, that's just in case anybody came across the recipe. This, this was a little cool. extra in there or something that, you, that ain't even on no. the page. No, this the the mind of Mylan went and, and goes and watches quote unquote Big Mama, not his Big Mama. This is just <laughs> this is just someone Big Mama, big and it's someone's mama. That's all that. <laughs> watches her make potato is. salad. Says he knows how to make potato salad. I actually go and study the art of potato. Ends <laughs> out and make potato salad. And he says, "Brother, I did that. <laughs> you let me know what you know." So, so look. But I lived it. Just so people no, know what we talk about. Big Mama was just airing her show while you watched it, brother. That's all she did. So this is what we talk about, right? So, so, so Dev has actually watched this this documentary now. And Miley talked about he didn't have to watch it because he he lived it like he knows every single detail that <laughs> he was in the room. He was in the room. Everything that happened during the time that went on. When the whole point of documentaries is to expose the stuff people may not have been aware of so but and and some of that might not even matter it may it may not but the point is in being even exposed to this documentary it got Mylan initially to thinking and then had him send a, a text to the group for us to think about and consider first off are the beastie boys 
uh, culture vultures. And then that went into a whole, you know, conversation around where any number of white folks who uh, who participate in hip hop culture vultures. And so let's just start there, man. We, could, we can go in a, in a bunch of different directions uh, with this conversation. Um, but let's just start, Dev, as the the sole and lone member who has actually watched this documentary, <laughs> based off which you have seen, knew beforehand, know now, would you say that the Beastie Boys are culture vultures? All right, first, you know, I always start off with a preface. And... Uh, uh, unbeknownst to our offline meeting that should have been recorded. <laughs> brother, brother MOM over there was just hurting my heart. <laughs> because I actually, without any hindsight of knowing who they were, I mean, you know, at the time I was very, very young. But, you know, with any catchy tunes, the Beastie Boys was one of my favorite groups, <laughs> rap groups. <laughs> and I thought that, yes, maybe they weren't. Um, very metaphorically, um, strategically, syllable pumping, uh, lyrically spitting all over the the, the eight by ten notepad paper. Um, they still definitely had a certain artistic element um, into making their songs and create. They were honestly, I want to say, probably more of a, a great songwriters than lyricists. You know, as far as just coming up with an idea, executing it and it being like a theme of sort, some sort, which is allowed in hip hop. We can have themed songs, themed albums and whatnot. So um, yeah, they were definitely one of my favorite groups. So now after watching this documentary, I realized there are certain elements um, in, in, their, in their basically of them coming about as, as rappers and their story, uh, it, it, it starts to teeter the line of of what we what we may say we talk about and 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 if there is anybody at the gate that there might need to be some protection so uh anyway i'll just break down for anyone who hasn't seen the documentary that um i'm gonna just have to do a little spoiler so you can pause it or, or skip um, spoiler, alert. spoiler alert that's all i'm gonna say it's just a, it's just the beginning just so we can get started but um they were a rock group solely at first um only because wherever they grew up i think it was uh yeah, it was New York, but they they kind of associate themselves as being weird and the weird kids. So they seeked and sought out uh, different kids that were like them. Once they did, then they started to um, they started to do rock band groups, just like you would on any see on any movie where they just for fun, hanging out after school, finally got some hands on some instruments and started making music. Similar story to them. But then 1984 hit, and they said that Run DMC uh, dropped. Um, suck MCs or no, no, which one was the one in '80? There was something before that. Was it suck MCs? It was, it was, if it was '84, it was just before, it was just before the Aerosmith. You, you wrote the syllabus on BC, right? I know, right? Yeah, you lived it. I don't, I don't allow that to be the album that, that, that you speak of. <laughs> Anyways, there was a song by Run DMC that just totally blew their minds, and and now they. They've, they've already already heard about rap because there was just certain things that, you know, back in the time, it was really raw, hard to get your hands on it. Um, and they were on the 12 inches vinyl record. Um, but once that song dropped and uh, hip hop started to take make its way towards commercialization. And of course, Run DMC was at kind of at the forefront of that. 
Um, and so was Russell Simmons, who was kind of like at the forefront of running the business side of hip hop um, with the first few acts that were commercialized, right? So that was this, them going into that story. Uh, but their admiration for Run DMC, crazy how they're blowing up at the very same time that they're just inspired by it. And so they, at the, at the time that they were admired by Run DMC, no one knew them yet. They're just this weird rock band that wants to do different genres of music and have fun. So they kind of meshed it and blended it and kind of made it their own and sounded like Run DMC when they started to rap. Um, and um, after that, basically, they they came out, it's like it's almost like they went to a training camp and now they come out basically a carbon copy white version of Run DMC. And then they meet Rick Rubin. So after meeting Rick Rubin, then they meet Russell Simmons because of Rick Rubin. And then Rick Rubin and Russell Simmons uh, basically introducing Beastie Boys, of course, with the connection to Run DMC and Russell, uh, uh, Rev Run and Run, uh, Russell Simmons being related. They just formed uh, two groups at this point and started putting out singles. And man, I kind of want to say, uh, go watch it for the Russell Simmons uh, 20 minute documentary of how this dude was finessing the business. This man, I'm just going to say, well, I'll get to that point as well, because I'm going to say this for a different reason. Almost on some negative stuff, but uh, Russell Simmons, he knew his stuff. It was like he went to business school and he knew the streets and he knew how to hustle and, and be a salesman and just combine them all together. Um, anyway, so uh, basically around that time, since they're both coming up, that is where I would say that if you want to say our Beastie Boys culture vulture or were they culture vultures, I would say the very, this, this is what I'll say. Are you able as a as a kid if these if the Beastie Boys were three young black dudes and in high school they hear about something coming up as far as hip hop is concerned, but they're already on I would say maybe disco or something like that, whatever was just before rap, and then once a hip hop song come out and they loved it, then they just wanted to be like maybe maybe they had three different rappers that were solo and then they were just like, we just want to be these three dudes and they will just be in a group. Now, are they culture vultures for the birth of their hip hop admirations and wanting to rap and, and kind of stick to a style or something like that and just start writing like that? Are they culture vultures for starting off and making tracks and getting mixtapes and stuff and maybe having some elements sounding like somebody, which is the same rapper that they might have said they loved and, and was caught in studying. Um, or, you know, or, so now we flip back and, and reciprocate to the, back to the Beastie Boys and that's what they did. They pretty much got inspired by uh, Run DMC. Um, but the one thing that I will say that that maybe doesn't make them culture vultures is the fact that as their career went on, uh, especially uh, uh, MCA, which is more of the technical guy and producer and, and songwriter as well. There's always a creative one, right? But he was the one that was pretty much uh, spearheading a lot of their creative genius and creative content and uh, and freedom. Um, and yeah, I think with the course of that, they kind of just groomed themselves into finding their own sound and artists like anybody else who came out at that time in hip hop. Because it was like you start somewhere and then you find what works for you. And that's exactly what the Beastie Boys did. I mean, we can go more into it. I could, as I come back around, I could tell you more about the doc. But as that was kind of like the first 20, 30 minutes right there. And that's what I kind of felt like happened 
um, when talking about their story. Um, I think maybe before Mylan go, I have Mylan go, and then I'll crush his, I'll crush his heart with what I, what I know about the doc. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so my, I, I mean, yeah. if we don't know the answer already, are in in your in your brain in your mind, are the are the Beastie Boys culture vultures? I I think yes, um, and or they are uh, guilty of participating in cultural appropriation, uh, in the sense that the the definition that I can go with and will will you know, and and like a researcher I'll rock with this definition for the purpose of my point is if cultural appropriation or misappropriation is the adoption of elements of one culture by members of another culture, uh, this can be considered, you know, uh, that culture that is doing the um, adopting is the more dominant culture and, and it's appropriating the more disadvantaged minority culture, then that's cultural appropriation. To that end, um, I know that I know that they were from New York, um, and that they were. I, I don't want to say in, but they knew about. They were. It was enough for them to know that the hip hop scene was happening. That hip hop is happening. Okay, cool. Hip hop is a thing. I rock with it. <clears throat> As. Dev was pointing out, I you know I really really like and appreciate the um, the Run DMC, and I kind of like I, I you know I'm already doing this rock thing, punk type of situation, but I wish man the what Run DMC Run DMC is doing to seem so cool. I think where I have that conversation around the appropriation and or like the culture vulture is. It's not so much that they're, I use specifically use, as soon as I thought of it, I thought about Little Dicky and I thought about three groups, one, one rapper, three groups. Little Dicky is an artist. Um, I thought about In Too Deep, which is a group um, and third base. So all of these groups I actually rock with. I mean, the two groups and the artists I actually rock with. <clears throat> but there's just something about, and oh, and um, I keep wanting to say his, his name is not Billy Blanco, but um, his, his, his stage name is Blanco. Then you think of a G-Eazy. So G-Eazy, all these people, like, there's different, it looks different. Like, where you like, oh, like Eminem, leave him out, grew up in Detroit, poor part of the um, the the city grew up around uh, other other folks in that community Puerto Rican black white that were all disadvantaged that's just how and that's actually the same way that hip-hop started it was Puerto Rican black Latino all in very poor communities and they were like man we got to do something and it I don't want to say they, they didn't wake up in the morning so we got to create hip-hop but they did end up you know, hey, you know, we got groups, we got gangs, we got music, we got 
our own sections. I'm from this part of Brooklyn. You're from, uh, you know, you're from that part of New York and what have you. And so I say all that to say that when you're, when you're in that, there's no appropriation whatsoever. It doesn't matter what, what, what color your, your skin is. But it's similar to the feeling that we've had when we think about, now there's been a few artists that have been able to do it, but when you're an athlete and you was like, oh, you know what? I'm a rapper now. Like, how does that work? Like, you're, you just, Kobe, you were just making, you just made like $14 million yesterday. Like, you, how are you? Like, yeah, yeah, you know. And, and, and you actually dress, act, talk, use the same slang as the people who are not from your same, it just, it, not, I don't want to say, maybe from your community, but not from your same background. So it just seems weird for, and I think that's where the conversation around the culture vulture piece is like, oh, I see it, I like it, I got to be it. And it's, you know, everything I see and I like doesn't necessarily mean that you need to actually embody it and actually participate in it and then become, and that's, that has been the, that has been one of the issues um, that people have had with Eminem. It's like, okay, not only are you, okay, you in, you white, you're, you're, you know, you come from where we're from. Okay, got it. Cool. Then it goes from being in to this is something that was created by, by poor black and brown folks. Now you come in and now you are, you're the greatest. You're the goat. You're the greatest rapper of all time. It's like, wait, hold on. Wait, what's going on? Like, how does that, like, this is not even yours. This is ours. And we like, Man, you know what? You're welcome. Friendly. Yeah, you could be a part of this. And then you come in and then you're like, yeah, we're going to push you to the front. Same. And and Dev can probably talk about it because he's seen it in the documentary. I was I, I didn't buy the albums. I don't know the lyrics. Um, that is false. It's sarcasm. I actually do have the albums and know the lyrics. Um, but when you you like, you know what? We got this Run DMC thing over here. Business model. If we take the same thing and put it over here and we put some white faces on it, this thing is going to go bananas. This is, we're going to make a lot of money. I get the business side of it. I, it's just something about that inability for a culture, any culture, be it black, brown, Latino, uh, Puerto Rican, Filipino, like, okay, this is ours, bro. Like, can we can we just have our culture with and you can come in and see it actually, you know, just because I go to a Mexican restaurant doesn't mean that I now need to. I'm going to start me a Mexican food food truck. Like, hold on, bro. Like, I'm not saying that I can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it don't it don't need to go that far. Like everything you can appreciate something from a distance without necessarily. You know, I, I watched a documentary the other day about. Um, I don't know why I can't think of the name of it. About two, these cats that that do tattoos in L.A. Uh, Dev, you should you should get you one. I should get uh, see about it. Um, and they they became this huge, like everybody needed to get their all the rappers were getting their tattoos from there. And so people in Japan were not only getting the tattoos, but they were like getting lowriders and wearing bandanas. And it's like, okay, I got it. I, I know that you like it, but this is not Crenshaw. Like this, you, like, but again, that I love it. I like it. I respect it so much. So 
um, cut off khakis, t-shirts, and bandanas. And it's like, and we just go, and, and what we do is just not, hey man, that's, hey man, they, they, they respect it. Like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. And I think that's a, that's a part of this game and culture that we kind of, um, are afraid to confront with just the conversation. Like I said, I don't know. I could be right. I could be wrong, but it's like, we, we're not going to act like, uh, somebody in Japan wearing, you know, Eastside LA and putting a bandana and wearing khakis and Carhartt, you know, jackets is not, that's not an unusual situation. Like we, like we, we, we can, can we not acknowledge that? It's like, no, that's fine. Okay. Well, can we talk about how you think it's fine? And that's, that's where this came from. When I, as soon as I saw it, I was just like, and mind you, when they came out, it was different, but it's just like looking at them now, I was just like, I, that's just a question that I had to pose. So that's, those are my thoughts. So, so. Why do always do this to me, bro? I, I like, I will agree with like a third of what he says, but what happens is he'll start in one place and then do three other topics that are valid. But then I always struggle with the, the, the point that we were talking about originally. So, Is, they're not thieves. You know what I'm saying? Like um, when I say that they're not, it wasn't some trick or scam, which which is a in a very vanilla ice way. Like, oh, you know what? I found an opportunity. I can make money. I can yo, hey, yo, baby, raps. Like, no, no, no. Like, what, what are we doing? Like, that's that's not them. At the same, at the same token, what what when you look at it, okay, what just happened? That's what I'm saying. Like, so when you look at their their Okay, that happened. 25 years, great, awesome. What just happened? And then when you say, was it cultural appropriation? Was it culture vulture? Was it just fair game? Like, I don't know. And like, that's where we are. We don't have the conversation about, okay, what do, what do we just see? What do we just look at? But, but, but that's so, so, but, and, and that's, that's where I have to separate the topics, right? Because like in everything that you just broke down, there is the question of, is Beastie Boys or, or whoever else, whatever white artist that we're talking about, right, who is participating in hip hop in whatever form, are they culturally appropriating? There is the issue of us just kind of having safeguards around protecting the culture and ensuring that people aren't taking advantage of it. There is the question of, hey, maybe the artists themselves came in with pure intentions, but there were other people behind them who manipulated them. And so is the artist to blame for that or, you know, whatever the case may be. And then there is like there there are these there are these multiple issues that yes can all kind of center around but if i'm talking about uh and and then i think there's also the the question of are we saying that the 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 term cultural appropriation or culture vulture or whatever is typically a a negative term right like that's how i tend to use it and so, but but in this context, and kind of how you broke everything down, could it, are we are we kind are we kind of reshaping or redefining, or maybe not redefining, but are we kind of troubling that 
that assumption that cultural appropriation or is is negative, right? Like I think culture vulture is a, is a negative thing, but it's cultural appropriation. Is that something that's quote unquote negative, right? So I think those are all those are like four different topics. So if I'm just looking at BC Boys from my from my vantage point, right? There is, and I'm glad you brought up the vanilla ice because that's who I was going to bring up. I usually have to go by kind of the the authenticity test, so to speak. Who did you who did you say? I'm sorry. I'm, I... I said vanilla ice. I said vanilla vanilla ice because people like vanilla ice. uh, We we did a a while back. um, We did a uh, episode on Iggy Azalea, right? When Miley Cyrus was running around twerking everywhere. These were all people who, at least pretty early on, obviously vanilla ice was huge. But even then, it was like people kind of got a sense like, bro, you not really real. Like is like there are certain people who it's yo, why are you here? And we might joke about it. We might play like, we might not be serious about it, which you can question, you know, how we need to handle that. But it was a pretty clear thing. Like, yo, y'all are not a part of this. Like, this is not you, right? Then you have other people who you brought up. I think like Eminem. I think like, um, ah, shoot. What's my man who has the, he has the cooking show, Action Bronson. Um, You know, I think there are other folks who are, who, who, came up in these environments where hip hop was the um where where hip hop was the uh was just kind of the norm in their environments and so they gravitated towards it just like everybody else, right? And then I think you have those people who maybe like a little dicky um and, and perhaps BC Boys fit in here. Again, I'm not I know BC Boys, but I'm not as familiar with kind of like their their backgrounds or whatnot. So I don't know how close they were to like being in the in the environment where like yeah now hip hop was like what we knew and we kind of helped co-create it versus we were on the outside and we came in but I think there are these people who they participate in rap but rap or but but hip hop accepts them because of because it comes from an authentic space for them right and so from my vantage point and then Deb this is where you could probably like. Uh, encourage me a little bit more I mean not encourage but like inform me a little bit more based off the documentary but just from my vantage point again being not having grown up when BC Boys was popping right but just from history and 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 everything else to me these were some some young white dudes who rapped but people accepted but but hip-hop accepted them because it was like yo this is something that's different and plus you have the cosign of Rick Rubin who another again another white dude but started Def Jam, <laughs> like with our prominent hip hop label of like all time, right? And and Russell Simmons, right? So you have these, you have folks who got co-signed, who to me didn't, they weren't posing like, yeah, we trying to like, they they wasn't looking like Rock Him, you know what I'm saying? Like they were some young rock white dudes who made songs that kind of spoke to them and then they blew up. So it if I don't view that, I don't view that as them trying to say, hey, they're they're participating in one element of hip hop, which is the rap, but they are not redefining who they are for the sole purpose of making money. If I and again, this is from a distance from, you know, with with years in between. So do I view that or do I consider that to be a culture vulture? No. Do I consider Iggy Azalea changing how she speaks? Or do I consider Miley Cyrus going from, you know, the Disney character to twerking back to Disney as like culture vulture and cultural appropriation? Absolutely. Right. Because it was clear what that 
was. And you, you not only, you weren't just trying to rap, you were changing your entire image to fit into something that in which you didn't belong to and really were willing to, to get rid of, right? Like, I mean, even, you know, folks have, have, have argued that Justin Timberlake is in that. Like, it's, when, when things get real uncomfortable, Justin Timberlake has dipped on us, like, a couple times. You know what I'm saying? And so that even is more questionable to me than Beastie Boys, who, as far, again, maybe the doc show something else. Maybe my, my history, I, I didn't give as Beastie Boys as much attention. But to me, I have not heard or seen anything that indicated like, oh, yeah, like it got hot for them. And they got up out of Dodge and like disowned hip hop for a while. And then they came back. Like, if you give me those examples, then, um, then, then I'm more inclined to consider it being a cultural vulture or cultural appropriation. That though is different than nah, like we just some young white dudes. We like to skateboard, we like to do rock, but the way in which we we presented that was through rapping because we like the style of that. And then, you know, Def Jam signed us, all the other like artists in hip hop rock with us, and we formed these connections. And so now we're part of hip hop culture. And like now again, what what Rick Rubin and 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 Russell chose to do with them, uh what how we move as a as a culture in terms of hip hop, in terms of creating certain safeguards. Molly, your thing around like, you know, and, and Eminem has even addressed this in terms of like being, you know, being a guest and, and and not being considered a great like all of those points are valid. Like I don't think anybody should consider Eminem or whoever as 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 the king, right? Um but that also doesn't mean that to me that their sole participation is um appropriating because if they are being true and genuine to themselves and choosing to express this in a way because they felt like this is the most natural way for them to do so like and that's where you know and, and far be it for me to to cape for any white person coming into hip-hop right but like but that's where i have to i had to kind of draw the lines and look at other things to determine whether or not this is like an authentic practice for you or is this just something to make a quick buck and then you're ready to get out as soon as either you got what you needed or it got hot and so you're trying to get up out of dodge like that's what i have to i have to draw those those boundaries um when we're when we're thinking about these different things i, I definitely want I, I want dev to yeah yeah to, i was just about to, it's coming um only thing i'm i i think what i'm hearing is and this I'm, and I'm not saying this is you, um, Dev or Landon. It sounds like both of you, you um, kind of agree um, with each other a little bit. But I, I think you don't even know what what what, <laughs> what happened. No, what happens is that we we kind of get lulled to sleep by the lack of disrespect or the the, the absence of disrespect. Like if they were hip hop Dalmatians, it would it would not take you it would take you three seconds to be like, oh man, they they whack, bro. If they if they rap if they if they released every song as is, but they were their persona was like this hip hop Dalmatian, you know, and for those that don't know that the hip hop Dalmatian comes from uh, the movie Brown Sugar where um the artists were just a hundred percent it was one black dude, one white dude, and they were just trying to like make money. And they're like, "Yo, we, here's a great idea. We can they, call they it." Were they were gimmick chasing. They were gimmick chasing. Gimmick, yes, it was clear. Like if they were clearly yeah. gimmick chasing, we would be like, "Man, 
Beastie Boys is whack. And that's what we did with Vanilla Ice. We we identified that he was 100% gimmick chasing. He's whack. So what happens is we get lulled to sleep in the, and these cats, they seem authentic. They seem like they mean it. Like they're not, and I'm not saying that it's a front. I'm saying that it it. It it hurts you. It, it it's it's difficult for you to be like, man, Beastie Boys is they some culture vultures. It's difficult for you to say because you're like, well, they didn't disrespect us. They didn't do the whole um, hip hop Dalmatian thing. They didn't do the Vanilla Ice thing. They didn't call themselves, you know, the white. If they would have called themselves the white version of Run DMC, like, hey, oh, what's up? We the white Run DMCs. Like, whoa, 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 buddy. Like, what are you doing? But they didn't do that. So we get lulled into, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, they're, they're cool. Yeah, but, 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 Milet, but, 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 oh, wait, but let me, let me, hold on, Dev. I just, yeah, 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 I got you. Because everything you're saying is true if these cats hadn't been around for 20 plus years. So, like you said, Vanilla Ice, Longevity yeah. Longevity don't mean nothing. Of course, bro, but, but, it, but it does. It's but it's like hip hop. It's like hip hop. But my point group. is, you you what get. Where do you? They could they could sell out arenas anywhere in the world. They could. They, no one is not going to want to see a a group of popular white rappers. That's not a thing. No, that's, but but that's but my, no, but Mylan, but but Mylan, That's my point. But that's my point. You gave Vanilla Ice as an example. And, and Vanilla he sold Ice out got, arenas too. No, but but hear me out though. He was found out we said within months or a couple years like yeah clearly dude is using us get him out of here my point is beastie boys has if they've been around for this long even if you're low to sleep at some point most of these cats we have woken up like Like, we you we've woken up to them so it's one thing to say yeah you get low to sleep and then all right yeah Vanilla Ice, it was funny or it was cool. He made one song, but then you turn around, it's like, bruh, you've done some questionable things. It's one thing when you look around and it's Miley Cyrus. Oh yeah, she was twerking one time, and then you look around like, wait, she's going around doing parading this. Like, what's going on? It's one thing that's Justin Timberlake is making certain music and he's popping on and then he pops off. Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake is a better example because he he had one moment with with Janet that we were like, yo. JT, what are we doing? Like, you just gonna leave Janet out there? Yes, exactly. And, but again, and so that's what I'm saying. So if basically, if you don't have any, if <laughs> you're looking, you it's like watching all the TV shows where you like, oh, the neighbor, like, yeah, he was a night, he paid his rent on time, and he never bothered anyone. That doesn't mean he's not a serial killer just because he but, pays his rent on time and doesn't bother me, anyone. But but give me like, an example. That, that other neighbor that makes all the noise, he's a bad neighbor. Like, wait, what are we but doing? Like, just, me, but, but my point is, you're, you're right, but in most of those cases, 99% of the cases, we find out. So, so my question is, if you're talking about you get lulled to sleep, at what point do we say, you know what? Now nah, y'all, yeah, like, like y'all was real. This is really, this was like, why? Short of the area in which you were born or raised, is that the one thing that 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 switches or that um, makes uh, Eminem different from Beastie Boys? Or like, like, what is the thing that we now say? Oh, okay. Y'all clearly, this was something that was real for you. If 
they don't display any issues or, or anything that would indicate that they are as and we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I want you to ponder that while Dev takes over. But just uh, has Macklemore done anything wrong? Absolutely. What is he? How's he what is he doing? I'll let, let the answer, but absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Macklemore is. Go ahead. Macklemore is a great guy. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, we're gonna need that answer now. <laughs> well, Macklemore did. All right. Anyway. All right. So. To rewind back now, this is this is what I'll say. I'll make a couple statements first, and I and I understand, you know, as I always do, I understand where Milo's coming from, because and this honestly, Milo, you're you're mad at something that is not the individual that is in the Beastie yes. Boys. Yes, and, I hundred percent agree with that. And here's the thing, and it's it's gonna rub. I guess I don't know if it's gonna rub certain users the wrong way, but every every cultural appropriation or not, or, or the opposite, is birthed the same way. So the same way Miley Cyrus got inspired by hip-hop is the same way the Beastie Boys got inspired by hip-hop. But how it manifests is what makes the difference, right? Does Beastie Boys continue to, like you said, be gimmicky to the point where after a few months, after a few singles, after an album, after a mixtape, after an EP, two or three, we could kind of make a pattern of, all right, what are your true intentions in this game? And Beastie Boys kind of never really uh, flustered in that in that area as far as being authentic. But then I'll give you this. So as far as being low to sleep, let me give you the history of the documentary now. So they met Rick Rubin on the whim because that's just the circles they ran in because Rick Rubin was doing some of, <clears throat> he was crossing genres as well. He just so happened to produce uh, a track to, to one of the rappers. Uh, at that time. And that's how he got into uh, Russell Simmons' ear. And then with uh, Ruben and Rick Ruben and Beastie Boys during the time I would say, cause you know, they like they said, they were trying to be the weirdo guys doing rock and, and just kind of fusing every other genre. They were hanging out 24 seven. Hanging, I'm talking about every day going to getting inspired and going to the studio. If you any artist knows kind of like that life of when you like, I guess, trying to make an album or something like that, and you're literally just waking up every day, maybe getting some food, you know, hitting up your connects or whatever, setting up your appointments, getting inspired by going out and maybe shopping, doing you know, just living life, and then you get come up with all these ideas um, from going on the streets because you saw a trash can hit this and then it made a certain noise, but then a certain a uh, conversation y'all had just made you say a phrase that rhymed with that beat. And then now you go in the studio that night and do it. That's what they were doing like every day for like however long until they met Russell Simmons and then put them on display uh, to Russell Simmons at the same time while Russell Simmons was getting big with uh, Run DMC. Now, here's the part. This is where I say I'm going to talk about Russell Simmons because he's like low-key the GOAT, but for other reasons. And uh uh, sorry, again, I'll rewind, but mine, I think that systemically, because of the way things are treated uh, across cultures in America, when you say a dominant, like maybe there's a, like a dominant group of people over more of a, um, uh, a more uh, underprivileged group of people, is that when it comes to, uh, when it comes to participating in the cultures of the dominant uh, group, it's not as accepted as it is the other way around. So the fact that it's more accepted the other way around, then it almost feels like the people who are joining, like the Beastie Boys and Eminem, 
kind of it's almost like they need to like say I know what it I know what it is I know it's like you know thank you like this you didn't have to do this like it's almost like they have to come out and do that in order to just really make someone like Mylan feel better you know because it's, it's such a systemic thing that the very nature of a white person being interested in, in other cultures is already just a red flag and it's already just so that's I think they just kind of fall victim to that uh, as the Beastie Boys but what, however they got inspired, when they got inspired, and what they did in the beginning to just uh, find their sound, um, that's that's just how they did it. And, and it ended up turning into uh, the biggest, and I say the maybe the fastest, uh, like basically commercialized marketing push that any group has ever had, because all they did was come out with one track after Run DMC did that, uh, they're a hot song, song, and then they put the single out. Then uh, Russell said, go do another song, um, basically just pumping their head up, pumping their head up, and then going out in the streets with Rick Rubin, talking, trying to get in every business meeting, trying to talk to every person on the street that they knew, trying to go to every club. You know, Russell Simmons, I guess, just pretty much had pulled with every spot that was just legit to either perform or, you know, have a little, for lack of better terms, uh, uh, functions, or <laughs> uh, basically, and was able to get the Beastie Boys in there and was just pubbing them and was saying things that, literally I was like, I, I wrote like a note and said that Russell pretty much was probably one of the first people to have like a, like a do your own all everything media. I mean, you writing articles about yourself saying how you are, you, you saying you go, you're the best rap group out and nobody has even heard of you. So how do you know this information? He literally just created it just cause he said it and thinks it. Literally, no one else can vouch for this, but Russell Simmons said yes, and because he has the influence, he so he used the power of influence. And I just thought, like, man, that's that's Diddy, that's this, that's they just kind of thought about all the moguls that we know. Because how do we know someone's good? We don't know that it wasn't a, a, a case study uh, with uh, 30 different colleges across America, you know what I mean? They didn't do none of that, they just literally said, No, these dudes are nice, and then you just either ran with it. And if they sounded oh decent, then you ran with it. If they was whack, then you just told somebody. And Russell Simmons got lucky with marketing that. But he honestly pretty much pushed them to make songs. And he he just did he just did his beast and hustling marketing thing out in the streets. Like I said, being your own everything. You make it, you produce it, you market it, you write your own noodles, news articles and stuff like that. But then here's what I'll say, Mylan, on your part is that Beastie, Boy, Beastie Boys had songs that we love and then they kind of, not that they switched up styles, but maybe the songs that we all know that'll, that'll be played within like a greatest hits mixtape of hip hop or something are those early times when Russell Simmons was managing them and pushing them and stuff like that. So you can probably say their greatest, what would be closely related to hip hop was the times that they didn't have much creative control over hip hop. Yeah, maybe they created some of the songs like, and then it, I like how you use Little Dicky because that was what they came out and said. They they liked the first just make themed like songs that were as a joke. So uh, IE songs like, uh, you gotta fight for your right to party. They said they just thought about jocks and frats dudes and party dudes and just what will be a good little anthem for them but it was it just came off of a phrase that he said and it was like oh man that that would go well i think they would you know I, I just thought about it. not that i knew who one was but when we came out with it who shows up all these dudes that we just said so just kind of like on that element but um anyway yeah 
yeah, going back to and yeah. that, I just I, just to interject real quick. I mean, I think I think you like the fight fight for your right to party is a great example, right? Like the the music that they're creating, the, the music that they created to me never. And again, y'all could pull some obscure song, at least for me that I don't know, but the, you know, the, the things that um, kind of got them on in their first couple albums that, I, that I've heard them listen to, there was nothing that made me feel like they were trying to fit it or they were like, they, they sounded like they were some white kids that were rapping. Like, that was like to, to me, that's what it sounded like. It didn't, and I think that that song is a great example. And like, even how it came about is just like, this is what we do. We rapping about it. And for all we know, like hip hop could have been like, nah, like we don't, we don't mess with that. And like, they didn't, then you right. off and you doing whatever else that you do. But because we accepted it without, with, without it being, again, it's, it is different when you put on the whole act and the whole get up. And we accept you because it because you look like us and you sound like us and and then we find out oh that's not who you are that to me is different than you come out like you and you look different and you sound different and yet you're still accepted so that like I think that example to me like the, the example that you gave that to me is where I kind of live is if I don't feel like if I could look at you and be like you're clearly from the outside. But I, but you actually still kind of kind of nice in whatever regard, then all right, and, and you continue to show that over time, then I I I can't really find a beef with you personally versus to your point the macro issue of white folks still coming in and changing how how our culture moves. So I didn't want to take you too far off, but I, I did just want to right now. Yeah, and then Brass Monkey was part of that same album with um, Fight for Your Right, but um, basically. Uh, here's the part. Here's the part that I, I believe mine will love. This, this dude, Russell Simmons, put him on tour back to back, three different tours. Had an American one going across all the states, not really like every single one, but you know. And then they went to Europe and did that. No breaks in between. Then after that, went to Japan and then back to America to do the tour again. So they did a world tour with no breaks. And during this whole time, pretty much Russell Simmons had them on like, cause they were trying to figure out their stage presence as well because they first started off um, opening for Madonna. So they was opening for Madonna and being as big as she was at that time, they didn't want to be like, oh, who are these dudes? Just, you know, hurry up, get on stage, we hear from Madonna. So that, that's when they got their stage presence persona of just kind of like jumping around on stage, kind of like acting wild. And it, it, it and this is the part where my, it, it almost kind of seemed bamboozle-ish because they were they were cooning. <laughs> they were like doing the white version of cooning, pretty much. And Russell Simmons was milking it. So I would say Russell Simmons is the double goat because of all the years of these record labels have been milking all the black artists. I'm talking about from all the soul days, all the funk days, all the anytime that people have made money, when you want to get signed, everybody you we know all the uh, documentary movies, remakes of all the old groups we know who wanted to get signed and then got done over with the contract, Russell Simmons pretty much took his first advantage, first opportunity to manage some white group and pretty much just ran them into the ground with with whatever, whatever. it's almost like Beastie Boys became the mumble rappers, the first mumble rap group. And then since people loved it, then he did everything mumble rap. 
let's wear the clothes. Let's do this. Let's jump around. Let's wear the, you know, let's do that. You know, let's, let's not take breaks. You actually are partying so that you have more lyrics about mumble rapping. You know, you're taking Percocet, all that, whatever. He, basically, he was burning them out. And that's exactly what happened. After the, all of those touring and stuff, they they almost broke up as a group, the Beastie Boys. <clears throat> they went on like a six month hiatus, almost doing different things. All three of them were doing different things because the more technically artistic one, uh, MCA or uh, Adam uh, Bout, or Youch, he was he was a, a part of the rock band still as well on the side, and he kind of just went off with them. And then Mike B got, and you know, of course they got all that popularity through through the run of the tour with Brass Monkey and all that. And then so Mike B was in Hollywood doing movies and stuff. And then, I mean, not Mike B, uh, Adam, what's the uh, what's his uh, MC name? MCA. Oh, no, 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 Adam, the other Adam, Adam H. Um, Sorry. Oh, it's Ad, it's Sorry, Ad Rock. Rock. Yeah. yeah, Ad Rock, yeah, Ad Rock. Ad Rock was doing movies in LA. And so they pretty much broke up being burnt out. And then it was funny because that made me think how I was like, wow, even though it was Russell Simmons, even though maybe it could have been like we say, it's Def Jam, it's the first black label that could do things right, um, you know, basically doing better than what historically labels have done to black uh, artists, right? But they end up having to do the same thing. And then we heard what Mace not too long ago, maybe two years ago or a year and a half ago, he had a tweet, uh, even out to Diddy recently was saying like, oh yeah, some some. I hope, I wonder if you're still not paying your artists and all that stuff like that. And so I was like, man, something about the business is causing, it's just like a scammy uh, business by nature or industry by nature. If you got Diddy, Russell and all these people still making some of the same schemish moves that every label we know um, have to do. But at the same time, I was thinking about everything Russell had them doing. He was pimping them out. So how did he pay for all that? All the stages, uh, you know, uh, sets and all that stuff, all the recording time, all the different gigs at all these different places. Like, yeah, he might have had plug and connections, but did he have the money like that? So I'm not sure if he didn't pay Beastie Boys. Basically, at the end of the day, he didn't pay Beastie Boys for all that tour and their uh, License to Ill uh, album. They didn't get any royalties from it. So Russell Simmons, yeah. So, so that, that and my, I want to ask you both this too, right? So you know, kind of keeping all that in mind. I know we've been focused on the Beastie Boys um, and, and other like white MCs, but I'm also wondering for like for this conversation, like how far do we even extend kind of this, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, the accusation, so to speak, or like kind of the weariness around it. Like do white um, producers also fall into this category because obviously like Deb you you mentioned and we've already brought up like Rick Rubin who is again I mean you can't tell the hip-hop story without Rick Rubin mm -hmm. right you, you you can't do it um we was just on uh IG live for the verses and like Scott Storch uh we was giving Scott Storch mad praise but like this dude has the the stereotypical hip-hop look right LP is running around with Killer Mike and like you know, they making a living with Run the Jewels. And, but, you know, and so Alchemist is one of the most revered producers in hip hop of all time and has made money off of countless art and, and not in a shady way, you know what I'm saying? But like, like uh, uh, how far do we take this? And is it because they're rappers? Is it like, I guess that's why I, I also am hesitant to, 
to point at Beastie Boys or anybody else who I don't see as being inauthentic because, you know, for all I know, the producers could easily, on the background, they could be milking hip hop for everything that it's worth just because they know what the sound is and care nothing about the culture. But like, we don't typically have these conversations. Like I have, I've heard the accusations thrown at a number of white rappers. I have rarely heard us talk about white producers. Is that just because they're not in the forefront? But they could be worse off than than mm-hmm. artists. You know what I'm saying? So like, like where 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 do we draw the line? I guess is the question. And I think bringing in producers is a good way, at least for me, to kind of try to try to find that metric because we rarely had that conversation at all. So I'd be interested to hear like y'all thoughts on that. It's it's such a weird element because. Um it's almost like there's there's so much needed in that. And then honestly, it kind of, honestly, this conversation that you're even bringing up with producers, Landon, is is a conversation that they've talked about as well, about the DJ versus the MC, where it was first supposed to showcase the DJ and their skills. But since like, there was like, what, intermission time, that's where the MC just had to keep the crowd together. And so that there forms the MC, literally just a ceremony, Mr. Cer- Ceremonies. And now it becomes rapper though. So now what seems to be more of a spotlight uh, position, first kind of more being desired as the DJ slash or producer has then become the rapper or MC when it was like, that wasn't the intention almost it felt like, right? So with that being said, since everyone looks at the rapper once hip hop kind of matured, I just think with more of the spotlight, that could be the reason with more of the spotlight on the rapper being more of a forefront of any act, you know, especially when it was more group heavy back then. Um, you know, whoever whoever you saw, whoever was in the front, whoever, and I think those are the, those are just people that are just going to be judged the most. I mean, we hear it in countless sports, like man, no, you know, I might be out on the court, but the coaching staff up there in the booth, like, you know, all that type of stuff like that, right? And I just feel like naturally because of the producer um, and DJ on the technical side of things are just going to be that. And so it's hard to actually judge them as opposed to an MC being right at the forefront. Uh, I agree. I, I, I also agree that you you brought up you know, um, run the jewels. Um, you brought up um, who else did you? You brought up somebody else. Scott Storch, um, Alchemist. Uh, yeah, but these Rick are see, yeah, Rick Rubin. These are all yeah, that's who it was. So Rick Rubin, Scott Storch. These are all people that are as was the Beastie Boys, and I and, and this is the part where Dev touched on it earlier, boss that the idea around um, Rick Rubin, Rick Russell Simmons, who apparently, I don't want to say robbed him blind, but <laughs> he apparently wasn't giving them their, their just due fiscally or financially. Even with Eminem, there's always going to be somebody who's like, this guy's good. Eminem came in through yeah, of course through Sway. Yeah, I gave Iggy Azalea the thumbs up. So yeah, that's, exactly, that's and that's what I'm saying. So yeah, it's, no, that, it's the, this guy's good. He's fine. And what happens is Iggy Azalea, mind you, we can say what we want 
about Iggy Azalea, and I say we, it could be, you know, true hip hop heads or whatever. I don't think she got a problem selling out any arenas right now. I don't feel like she like she can she can pull up and be like, man, there's only four people at this show. Like, well, maybe. But that, but but why does that matter? Why no, I'm just saying I'm I'm saying because that 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 vouching for changes. There's, I don't. It, it's just like when you, I, I I was talking about it's like a value. It's like a value meter, and right? and it can't be taken off. Unless, but it's not. But, but I'm, I'm hold on, hold on. I'm a, the, the only reason. The only I'm gonna challenge you there because we know, and we've had this conversation before too. Most of the folks who show up at arenas, it doesn't matter if it's Iggy Azalea or Kendrick Lamar, is white folks. So that right, has no what, bearing on whether or not they're culture vultures or not. No, 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 no. It, I, I I hear that, and what I'm saying is that the the opera because we talked about BC Boys uh, staying power, and and so you're going to your operational. Um, timeline is always going to it's going to be longer it's going to it's going to sustain itself because you got the the, the checkoff and so we've it, it becomes difficult and I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not going uh on a down with the Beastie Boys tirade but when I do the converse if, if I were to be that person the conversation will be well they've been here for a while well you know, Russell watched with him. Well, it, oh, okay, okay. But hold on. I, 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 and I'm only cutting you off because I want to make sure that you're responding to. I'm not talking about when I say that they've been around, been around for a long time. I'm not talking about have they been around and able to still sell out CDs right now. My point is, again, I, I've given you a number of examples of folks who we have called out. We as a culture, they might still go and sell out. Justin Timberlake will forever be a megastar. But black folks look at him sideways now. Even even yeah. though he's still working with black people, black folks still look at him sideways. My only thing is, is and, and what I we haven't done that with over this long of a period. So that's what I mean by they're still around is they have not, again, unless I'm missing something, they have not lost the respect of black folks in hip hop saying you have disrespected our culture. And, and I think, that, so there's two things. One, I think, use a good word, respect. I don't believe, it goes back to what I was saying previously. Uh, so I'm pointing to three things to make sure I answer your question. As far as the producers you named, um, I'll, I, I used uh, Derringer as the greatest, the, the biggest point on both, to make to, the biggest example to make both of our points. So Derringer is one of the main producers for, which I, I could say arguably is my favorite, uh, definitely my favorite, Two people like Conway the Machine and Benny the Butcher. I literally, while doing getting work done this week, listened to Benny the Butcher's entire catalog from mm-hmm. his first mixtape, singles, EPs, all the way to his his most recent album. I've never done that with anybody, and Derringer probably produced just about every song <laughs> on that. And Derringer is the white dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, they love Derringer. They being um, West Side. Westside Gun, Conway the Machine, um, and, and Benny the Butcher. They love him. Like, that's their dude. No one is ever in the history of Griselda ever going to question Derringer because he's been certified. Mm-hmm. Now, if he robs them blind or does something disrespectful, they will uncertify him. 
Um, but like you said, Landon, but he'll still probably be able to go produce another group and be like, man, I produce all these platinum yeah, pieces. Yeah. Stella, you know, she rock what you play up on. So <laughs> as far as producers go, that you named nine times out of 10, and even let's just say, I, I can't really say that about Scott Storch, Scott Storch, so let's just say maybe Scott doesn't have a pass. His background is probably gonna solidify him a little differently than it would be um, a little Dicky. You know, little Dicky, he, he, his pass is, and this goes to, my, to, my, to your second point about, it's not about them being certified, yes, but it's not about their record sales or their staying power. It's about, hey man, we, ain't, we haven't really pointed those to those cats and called you a Vanilla Ice, called you a Iggy Azalea, called you, um, even like Macklemore is the good example of this thing is if they're if you don't if you're not disrespectful, you're it's the it's the it's the kid in the class that doesn't do his homework, but he doesn't talk, he doesn't yell, he doesn't do he doesn't act out in class. So I, you're not really making. He's not obnoxious. Yeah, you're not making my job difficult. Like you're like like riff. What's his name? Riff raff. Like that's you can't not. Oh, yeah, of course. And go like, what the, like, what are you doing? Yeah, 100%. Well, Macklemore, Macklemore is like, hey, how you, how you doing, brother? Hey, man, what's going on with you, sir? Yeah, man, nice to meet you. I'm Macklemore. Like, he's not going to come off at a way that just, and I think he's doing something wrong in the culture. And so that would be Little Dicky. That would be Beastie Boys. That would be uh, Macklemore, that, where they're not in the way. And so not being in the way doesn't necessarily, again, using the example of a kid who never does his homework, but he doesn't act out in class, doesn't mean that you're not an issue or that that, that we that there's not an issue that we need to address. I don't want to call the kid an issue. I am an educator. Uh, but we, we don't want to say that there's not an issue there just because, and I've been that kid. I've been that kid. I don't get calls home because I'm not, a, I don't act a stone cold fool and cuss out the teacher in class, but I'm not really turning in a lot of homework and not doing, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's, that's the second thing. So that component of not being in the way or not causing a scene or being subtle in, um, in their presence, being, being a guest in the house. And I, and I feel like people like Eminem, like you said, it pointed out, people know it like, Hey, I, this ain't my house. So I'm not going to go. Oh, no one would, no one would, no one notices the guest that asked, hey, is the back, can I, can, with first door on the left, bathroom right here? Cool. Compared to the person when you walk upstairs to go grab, you know, uh, something and, and they in your bedroom, you're like, what the, oh man, I was just checking out the place, man. This is like, this is a real nice little situation. You, man, if you don't get out of here, like you, they've stuck out. You have made a scene. <laughs> These people don't make scenes. Macklemore, uh, um, Scott Storch, they're not making scenes. Rick Rubin stays out the freaking way. I don't know any, I mean, I know about Rick Rubin, but I don't know, like, I don't know his thoughts. He ain't writing, I mean, he has, he has written a book. But listen, uh, the, the point is <clears throat> that they're, you know, that's the second point is that there's, they're, they're not being in the way and being subtle is also a way that you can uh, be in the culture without and I'm not, and I'm not saying that you don't belong there, but you could be in the culture and you could be like, hmm, uh, that that side head, hmm, I don't know. I want to, I want to talk about what you just did, but I don't know because it's not really out of control or super. Dis it's not riffraff, disrespectful. 
And I think lastly, to, to kind of cover the entire podcast and the conversation around, and, and, I, and I like your point, Landon, about not necessarily, I don't want to put a banner or a necklace around the Beastie Boys as bad guys, um, cultural vultures. I think what I am acknowledging is that there is at some point, whether we agree with it, whether we approve of it, there is some type of cultural appropriation that is happening at a level that is not disrespectful, that is not disregarding the, the essence of the culture. And because it does not disrespect or disregard the essence of the culture, it's not, it's not categorized as demeaning, uh, racist, um, overly abusive. And we, we then take that as, you can stay. And, 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 I, and I think we say you can stay, and sometimes you can stay will produce uh, an Eminem who, man, not only can you stay, you're really, really good. You're really, really good. And it's not a- I can, I can speak to that. Let me speak to that, please, because- Go ahead. The subtle, I think, so like you said, it's not it's not very a very obvious situation um, as far as like a riffraff. But what I think, what I think is going on and and I'll say this first as far as so how do we legitimize to label what is cultural appropriation like we need to we need the very actions that coins it and 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 terms it as cultural appropriation but here's where i think where the subtleness of the cultural appropriation occurs is because here you here you have hip hop who's been that's been brewing up on an underground scene streets only and now here's the opportunity where you can finally capitalize on it and have some commercialization, make some money. And you have a million groups of color folk that want to make money <laughs> off of it. But who's one of the first groups to actually do a world tour and make millions, I, get, I would even say at that time, millions off of hip hop? The Beastie Boys. Not any other groups that has been in New York for however long, running and putting their lives in danger just for uh, being a part of the culture and, and learning how to rap, staying up, going to places that are drug ridden and, and a whole bunch of activity, uh, not really gang related because you know it was more so about who got the who got the you know best financial game set up. But basically, you got all these people risking their lives, and so it's so much emotions attached. I believe that when you have a group like the Beastie Boys coming out of nowhere and they're now making money off of a genre that you felt like you helped create, that 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 hits below the belt. Like that honestly just hits below the belt. So it, it really just by, by nature and by um, hindsight, any group that is not uh, a part of it geographically and is being birthed out of, almost feels like they have a like a like a, a edge or advantage or it makes us feel like we're put in a disadvantage when we're the ones who help get this thing on the scene like the fact that you were influenced by me but now you're the one making money that's well, that's what i feel like that's what i feel like maybe the beastie boys uh situation is to what a Mylan who feels like grew up in that element maybe felt like because you have a whole think about it you have a whole bunch of artists that could have been beastie boys but Beastie Boys was the ones that that was running with Russell Simmons and yeah, got and that's and that's always gonna happen, right? Like that, like that 
that that is the same exact thing that happened with Eminem. Like exact same thing. Exactly. So that's what I was gonna say. It's like it's almost like a line. But because he's white, he's gonna. So again, that's why I'm saying I have to separate Eminem. And again, it for for me in terms of how I'm defining cultural appropriation, is this like a an an inauthentic, uh, or or let me let me rephrase that, is this an intentional misuse of the culture for your own personal gain and that's it right because because really what we're talking about right now is like this 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 notion of of white privilege right is you get to come in you might be you might be dope you might not be the best but you might be dope but you are selling way more than somebody else because you're quote unquote more marketable white folks in this day and age are always going to be classified as more quote-unquote marketable, right? And so they don't take off more. That's the same thing that happened with Beastie Boys. To me, just like in real life, when we talk about who allies are, and a lot of times allies are folks who, who attempt to utilize that privilege in order to support the efforts of black folks, right? I think a lot of times that's what we're talking about in this case is how are you using that privilege or that I don't like to call it, but that that notion of of what privilege is, right, in response to these things? So again, to bring up Justin Timberlake as, and I don't want to bash him, but just because I think it's a really good example, Justin Timberlake, when you had the ability as the white dude who you you could either stand in the fight with Janet Jackson, and be like, "Yo, that was my bad. This is what happened." Blah blah blah. Y'all take that heat off of her, et cetera, et cetera. Instead of that, you fled and just left for a minute. Like, that, so so now I see how you are and how you operate, not because that, 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 that so-called privilege is always gonna be there, but it's that response, right? Like if, if Killer Mike and LP are somewhere and LP knows, hey, as a white dude in this space, I, I can move a certain way. And he actually uses that to ensure that Killer Mike is also good, cool. If though it gets hot and he does something different, then I would expect all of us and Killer Mike to be like, bruh, like, what is you doing? How people respond to LP, LP can't control. He can control though how he how he responds. And so that's what I'm like, that's why I'm I'm hesitant to say just because of whatever, whatever may have come to Eminem, Beastie Boys, whoever else, I'm always looking at how are they they responding and, and and are they using this notion of privilege solely for their personal gain right and you know and i and i i kind of jumped out there with macklemore i, I macklemore he's still, he's still a wonder box man we all know well, well yeah deal. yeah i mean and, and this is the thing too with, with me with macklemore first i did and the reason i kind of jumped out there originally because i was like i know there was some some controversial stuff that happened not just the fact that he lost to um i mean that he that he got the Grammy over Kendrick at the time. But like folks was questioning like, bro, like why did you do that whackness? Like putting out the the um the text message saying that you told Kendrick you got robbed. Like it was it was these things where it was like, oh, I'm trying to get back on people's good side, right? So there's there's these things. And then I think he's also kind of gone in a more pop direction. Like he was in hip hop for a minute and now you kind of going pop, right? But if I think of other folks, you know, you know, obviously he passed but like Macklemore who was highly regarded and highly respected and always considered from what I've heard from artists like a really genuine dude who just 
loved to rap and like he would show up for folks and he was there with people, et cetera. And I'm even thinking about like Asher Roth, right? Like Asher Roth was this. You said, you said Macklemore Clark, but you meant Mac Miller. Sorry, I meant Mac Miller. Sorry, okay. yes, thank you. Um, Mac Miller. Um, and then, you know, like Asher Roth, if y'all remember him, like dude was I love college and he was like this, you know, just scrawny. Is that, is that, is that, is that Tom Hanks song? Is that the one that's Tom Hanks song? Oh, that might. No, 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 no. You think about somebody else. No, that dude was crazy. He was like running around saying the N word and all types of stuff. That's not Asher Roth. No, don't, don't. Okay. Asher Roth in that. No, no, no. I, I just thought when you said it, I was like, wait, is that, is that Tom No, 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 no. But the reason I bring Asher Roth up is because, well, and, you know, far be it from me, I, I, I've listened to like maybe the first album, some of his mixtapes that he did with like drama. I haven't really followed him a lot since, but like, I know he's still dropping music. Like he's still, and from, the little bit that I have seen or heard, as far as I know, it's still like he's still rapping, right? He it, just he dropped the album like this, like he just dropped the album, like in April, yeah. And he could have easily, Brett. I mean, he he's not really mainstream anymore. He like he blew up, cool, super popular. He could have easily either just faded away or started making other types of music or whatever. And again, y'all could correct me if I'm wrong, people out there, if he is like just on some pop stuff. But again, from the little bit that I've seen or, or, or heard, it doesn't seem to be that. And he's still like, I'm rocking with hip hop. Like there's, if if anybody <laughs> for as big as he was and now where he is now, could have just like, you know what, I'm out. Like Eminem can't do that. Eminem has to keep making the same topic. Otherwise we gonna know where he's at. We gonna know what he's doing. Like people want, Asher Roth could fade into oblivion and like nobody be none the wiser. And we could be like, yo, you remember that dude? Like he kind of got his money and got up out of here. But from what I see, he's still rapping and in it, but he's just, this is what I do. And this is what I love. That like, it's those types of people that I, I have a hard time questioning their, their authenticity. And, and that's what I mean when I'm saying, could I, would I, would I accuse Asher Roth of being a culture vulture? Now, again, give me give me proof of otherwise, and I'm I'm so quick to say it. But I I, I put Asher Roth, Beastie Boys, Macklemore, I mean, sorry, Mac Miller, I keep saying Macklemore, Mac Miller, um, Action Bronson, like all these folks, you could be as boisterous or, you know, whatever, I don't know if that's the right word, but like kind of as in your face or as kind of falling back as you want to. My definition of, uh, being a cultural appropriation is intentionally using this for your own personal gain without even considering the the culture that you take it from, right? And I I have a hard time accusing a lot of these folks that we're saying of that. Again, uh, Miley Cyrus, Iggy Azalea, uh, Vanilla Ice, Macklemore is probably on thin ice for me. Uh, you know, like there's a lot of folks who we can say that, but a lot of the people, the BC boys or M&Ms or whoever, I, I have a hard time with putting that on them unless or until you give me some other information that I'm just not aware of. And that's where. And, 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 and I'm, and I'm, and I, what I'm saying is that the evidence for, I mean, Dev kind of painted the picture that the evidence is in, is in it's in the subtlety of how they, how they are and who they are, even to the point of 
But give me, give me, give me. Like, me so I'm, give, give me, I'm giving you, I'm giving you the, 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 this is the baseline of it. And then you're like, oh, that's, that's generic or that's, they, they've acknowledged that they loved or were huge fans of Run DMC. They then form a group. It's three members of Run DMC, it's three members of them. Their persona was not a direct emulation. It wasn't blackface. It wasn't like we're, you know, we're 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 run BMC or like we're not gonna go like that far, but we're we're the BC boys that are run, they're run DMC. They're on the same label. And even to the point where Deb was saying is it and no fault to their own. Uh, Russell Simmons was creating the white version of Run DMC. It's like you go over there, yeah, but 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 now you've brought in somebody else. That's my point. You just I don't, I don't care how you got it. No, but, you... yeah, but 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 mindly, but that but that's what I'm saying. If if I come into if I come into a uh, into a space, if I come into a um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good example, but if I come into an institution. I mean, this is, I'm not doing a great analogy, but like, because I, I don't know exactly how it correlates to, to, to the hip hop thing. But my point is you, if I'm influenced by you and then somebody comes behind you who's putting the money and says, this is what you're going to do. And they are also in control of the other people that you're trying to emulate. That has no, that does not speak to who I am as a person. Now, again, if, if in an interview, somebody says, Yo, um, you seem to be jocking off a of run DMC a lot. Like, did you realize that they did XYZ? Like, man, we was doing that before them. Like, what do you mean? Like, run DMC is nothing. Like, we we started this. Like, okay, now which, we have which, a whole nother conversation. Which act which action Bronson actually did once. Uh, did, did, did that did, <laughs> did I have a problem with that? Like yeah, he actually he actually he actually did that and, and go because I mean when you listen to Action Bronson, you know. This cat raps just like Ghostface Killer. Like, like you clearly listen yeah. to Wu Tang. You were clearly influenced. Do you? You're fine. But yeah. then someone said, like, "Oh, it sounds like that you're is a influenced problem. by Ghostface." He was like, "Yeah, Ghostface. He can't see yeah. me." Like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Now we got beat. Now we got beat. It was a fight or flight. Yeah, and then yeah. Ghostface actually was like, "Bro, I'm coming for you." He was scared for a minute because yeah. Ghostface was very upset. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, no, and, and, and I get, again, I'm going to stick, you know, I think, I don't want to say we'll agree to disagree because that would be very common. Um, but I, I'm going to say, I'm going to rest my case on the subtle, the, the, the evidence lies in the subtlety, whether, whether they bought the shoe polish and rubbed the black shoe, you know, shoe polish on their face, or someone brought them, brought it to them, or whatever, it, it's neither here nor there. I will acknowledge that it is not, it is not a disrespect. It is not a, it is not their contribution to the art was not disrespectful. It was not demeaning, and it was not, it was not intended to be disrespectful, demeaning, or abusive. Neither is the Washington Redskins logo. Oh no, it absolutely is. No, it's not what it's meant to be. It's like we're the Washington Redskins. Nah, like, that's is. our name. That's a no, no, cool I'm gonna name. tell you when it got disrespectful. Cool. But 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 no, but I'm gonna tell you when it got disrespectful. When when actual Native Americans came and say, "Yo, bruh, that's offensive. I need you to take it down." And the white dude was like, 
nah, F y'all, it's staying up. I don't care what you think. Now yeah. it's intentional. That's, yeah. that's, like, yeah. that's my point. But, like, but I'm saying, but, I, but I, it's like, the, I, you know, I just, while we were talking, I looked up, you know, examples and I saw like this Katy Perry, like wearing a kimono. Like that, I think, you know, like the kimono is a huge, a very good example of like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna, it's colorful. I wear it in the video. What? Like, you don't just like, like yeah, so like I have long I have long hair, so can I just can I twirl like two two of my front hairs and put on a big hat and because I like the look of, of, of I like that Jewish look. I just want to rock. Like no, bro, that's not that's not how it works. You can't just do thing doing things, and that's what to me that's the part of it where the privilege and the systemic. And I and we have to not run from this word. It's not, whiteness is not racist, but just the systemic privilege and whiteness of the idea of just oh, I like a kimono. I want to wear that in a video. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's like oh, hey, you know what? Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, I'm gonna dress. You know, you know, blackface. It's Halloween. Like, let's do it. Like, these are all things. See, that, again, those are. I think what happens that the blackface is seen as well. First of all, to me, blackface is racist. That's, I don't think that's cultural appropriation because that's not my culture. But uh, it's cultural appropriation. Uh, it's racist, and then on the flip side, it goes, "Oh, I didn't really trip. Like I just thought I really did kimonos. I just think they're cool." Or like I was telling you, like there's in Japan, you've created car clubs for '63 Impalas based upon what you saw in a rap video and you liked it so you did it in Japan like so so here so here here's where here's where I will agree and this is probably where I'll put a pin in my comments right and this is if y'all remember um Eminem had that had that lyric on Fire Squad or he was like you know history repeats itself and that's just how it goes uh, basically the same way Elvis Presley did rock and roll and he has some line about like now it's Justin Timberlake Eminem and Macklemore right and then he got like there was all this controversy. Well, not controversy, but like it became a thing. And folks was like, "Bro, so you don't rock with Eminem?" He's like, "No, I'm, I'm not saying that at all." But he's like, I, "But Eminem is still indicative of what has happened in history, right?" So Elvis Presley literally stole rock and roll. He stole from black folks, got popular, and never acknowledged this, right? That says something about you as a human being, Elvis Presley. Eminem has always acknowledged like this is a Black culture, these are the people that I grew up listening to, corrupt, you know, snoop, everybody else, right? Two two different acts. However, what I will agree with you is that the success of a Beastie Boys, of an Eminem, of a Vanilla Ice, of whoever else contributes to, because of how they become successful and because of that stuff that we're talking about in terms of how there is this notion of white privilege and there is this sense of being quote unquote more marketable and all that stuff that contributes to the systemic issue that you're talking about Mylon, which is this thing of okay people can just kind of come in and come and leave as they please especially white folks because they see the success that white the other white folks are having eminem who eminem is and how he views hip-hop is drastically different from who elvis presley was and how he viewed rock and roll and who contributed to who they became, right? But their success does the same thing in terms of how it, um, 
how it perpetuates this cycle that we find ourselves in. And that's why that is for me where I'm saying I draw the, if you ask the actual question is the beastie boys themselves, like each individual uh, or them as the group for my definition of, of cultural appropriation, are they cultural appropriators? Absolutely not. However, when you take the context that Dev is talking about and like, yo, they are these white boys who are, you know, still doing kind of the rock rap thing similar to, to, to run DMC and, and, um, and Russell Simmons gives them a thumbs up and takes them everywhere. And now they're becoming even more successful. Is that still a problem? Yes, that is a problem. And it contributes to a number of these other societal and systemic issues that we have, even though they themselves may not be looking to uh, gain just for the sole purpose of gaining. They may actually really rock with the culture. They may be giving back. They may be shouting out Run DMC's name every chance that they get. However, their success still means some sort of negative thing for hip hop. I a hundred. There's no argument whatsoever for me. And, but but I'm I'm just separating the two because the the specific question was is is Beastie Boys not what does Beastie Boys success mean as it pertains to hip hop and and cultural appropriation and all these other things. That, I, 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 right, I, I think, you're, yeah. You're, no, you're, I think I think we're coming to a, a nice identifying conclusion then because I'll, basically what I wanted to get out of you, Mylon, was a very specific on why you felt this way. But I felt like I just had to draw it up to, yeah, because of what Landon is saying, just the very result of their success was probably along the lines of of, of a systemic issue, like we said, as far as who can gain this success, who has access to Absolutely. success. And to be honest, who has, who has the economic uh, profile to even give someone success? And people of color didn't have that. <laughs> if we could afford to be at shows, we yeah. would be at shows. And that's just what yeah. it is. 100%. Yeah, and I think that's, that's what it's all kind of coming yeah. uh, down to because like like you saying it's just almost like it's almost like a level of vouching themselves it's like yeah this black group could be good but if all the people who can afford to go to a show don't go to their show if they're going to beastie boys show then who's the better rapper it's almost like it's almost like having that uh it's almost like having that basketball discussion of like who is better because they've been winning or who is better because they're actually more skillful. You know what I mean? Like type of deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think, oh, to identify the issue. Yeah. I think it, I don't think it's so much the beastie boys that has been a culture appropriating, but the, uh, the series of events that has occurred and, and the, and the success from that and the result from that has a level of cultural appropriation. Like, it just kind of inherently disrespects those who've been working hard and putting blood, sweat, and tears into the art and not getting compensated for it. So that's 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 kind of like what I speak to. Like it's like the cultural appropriation is a feeling that you get from almost stealing something that we we've, we've been coining and and been getting benefit and getting and getting paid for it, getting compensation for it. You know. Mm -hmm. And in a very, in a, and just in, in closing, like in a very uh, Asher Roth, and even little, like, I, again, there are moments where 
hey man, it is what it is. Um, Asher Ross, uh, Little Dicky. Uh, hey man, like you know, like you said, there's a there's a there's a time. I've always said this. There's a time for two live crew. There's a time for uh, Rock Kim. There's a time for the Roots. There's a time for like there's there's a time for uh, Rowdy Rich. Like I, I get it. There's there, there's moments. The whole party, you know, I it, it's a right. We got a right to fight for. No, okay, I got it. We got to fight for our rights to party. That that that's cool. It, it's definitely. I had two songs in in the history of big of Beastie Boys, all of their albums. Two songs I liked. One I loved. One I tolerated. I know every lyric to Paul Revere. That song I played a million and fifty six times. Brass Monkey, I, I tolerated it, but I wasn't, I, you know, at the time they were out, I wasn't drinking beer, so I, I, I like, that's not really good. But, so their, 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 their authentic behavior coming into, into, into hip hop, I don't really, I can't really, I, I can't really argue. I think we could, you say glass half empty, half full type of thing. Like, did they come in with an authentic, like they come in with the intent, like I'm just doing this to make money, like like a hip hop Dalmatian? No. Um, did they come in and disrespect, demean, or abuse? No. Did they also do something, could they, could it be argued that they disrespected, demeaned, and abused unintentionally through a systemic format of just being in the room. And I think that's the, that's the other thing. It, it, you know, when you, when you look at civil rights movements and you're like, this is a stretch. It's like, no, it, it is because what happens is that we'll have like something we're fighting for. And then other folks will be like, I want to get it. I want to be a part of it. I, I want to join the black Panther party. Like, geez, look, like we don't necessarily like, can you, like the Black Panther Party from a distance, or do you need to be a member of the Black Panther Party? It, and then what happens is someone pushes that line and then they become a member. And then we, the members, have to go, they're, you know, they're not doing anything wrong. I mean, they really, really, really want to see us win. They're on our side. Like, look, man, like everything doesn't need to be, you don't need to put on everything that you like. And you don't need to pick up everything you like. You walk, you like that flower, like it. You don't need to everything. And, and I think that's the part, the subtlety of a, a dozen roses in a vase on, on your kitchen table seems like that's a beautiful setting, but it also represents a desire for you to see something, make it and demand that it become your own, grab it, and now it's it, it belongs to you. And you say, like, all I'm doing is decorate my house. I mean, flowers, they make the house smell great. Like, yeah, but that flower didn't necessarily need to be in a vase on your kitchen table. It could have stayed where it was. You could have just took a picture of it. So, so, so my, I, the, I, I think the thing that, that I'm, I, I, I guess I'm just still trying to like clarity around in your argument, right? Because again, you're, from the systemic level, I have no, I'm not arguing at all. But, but part of what we started this with was that if we're if we're looking for and again obviously there's no clear cut line but like some sort of boundaries right around this this type of cultural appropriation and we talk about folks who come from certain 
if you if you come from a certain space where like yes obvi- it's it's obvious and clear that you were like kind of raised on hip hop you didn't just kind of hear about it from the outskirts and then and then jumped in it later right which again I don't even know if that applies to BC boys or not but for the sake of argument let's say that it does if that is what separates them from Eminem my only challenge to you would be that even if Eminem's success and the BC Boy success still has the same impact, still has the same negative impact on hip hop. And so even no matter where they came from, that impact of their success in being white and being megastars in a black culture still does the same thing. So then that just begs the question, is anybody who participate, any white artist who participates in hip hop, who has some level of success, are they now culture uh, are they now culturally no, appropriate? They're, because they're, because they're, otherwise there's no there's not really a difference. The, the, the line the, the the line is is always going to be drawn at the the disrespect, the demeaning, and and or uh, the abuse of the essence of the culture. And I think that's the only time that it becomes oh flag. You know that that's the only time it's a flag on the play. Basically, it it's. Holding is never in football. Holding is never called until the cat is trying is past you and you've gotten a hold of all of his jersey and he can't make a turn. And it's like, okay, I gotta call that. And I, I can argue that holding happens every play. Yes, but of course. Dude, he can't even. He tried to go left and you wouldn't let him go. Like you gotta let him go at some point. And that's where the Beastie Boys are the. And this is what I'm saying. You, we're, we're never going to. Uh, and, and I can say any, like, you're right, I can say any any artist that does not come from the the essence of where the culture was birthed, or you're not a part of it, you're just like, oh, a spectator, and now you just jumped out of the stands, and now you're on the stage. It's like, wait, what? How did you get here? And that is always going to come from us examining the subtle, uh, Eminem is always going to be the subtle example of holding. They're, like, it happens on every play. It is suspicious. You're like, well, is that holding? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, but it's never going to, they, they don't, Beastie Boys, I would have to say no, they don't fall into the category of a blatant personal foul, uh, obvious holding play. It's just, it is because they, 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 they have a certain level of spectator jumping out of the stands onto the stage. And then it's like, well, they're not that bad. I mean, you know. But 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 so then but so then your response is that yes, every white artist who participates in hip hop is at some level appropriating at some level. At it, some with, level. With, with, at which, some again, level. How, but and again, based off the systemic part, I will not argue with you. At so some that, level. that's what I was trying to get. Yeah, that that some, clears a whole lot up for me. That's it, really what I was looking for. It, 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 it took it took a while, but you you agreed with me. That's great. That's well, all right, because you wasn't you wasn't. No, that's why I'm like you giving me all this stuff. I, I, I said it was. I said I because nah, he was like no, nah, you off like the porch. well, Scott Storage and off the porch. Where they from? No, you know, give them some validation. So I'm like, well, if that does, can we, can we not can we not get Jedi mind trick hoodwinked by MOM because he will then say later if we didn't bring this up that Beastie Boys, blah 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 blah. Based on the fact that they culture appropriated, but no, you want to say digging deep that it is systemic that you're talking about and not the individual. 
Like, but, but we we've been saying that's what he's saying. saying. That's why I'm trying to. That's yeah. That's, I was just trying to understand. Talking about we finally came to it, but what, yeah, we'll I'm, I'm around. Right, however, whatever it takes for you to right. come around to seeing that I'm right, it doesn't I, matter. I think no. I, I think the thing is, no, we I started with right. Beastie Boys, but it's like, why wouldn't we just say all white? Because because well, because 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 there's if you look if you just look at them. If you really study, like, all right, so it's not like I just I just sent you a link, like a Millie's, right? He's a white rapper from I want to say he's also from Detroit. Yes, he's from Detroit. I've seen him freestyle. There's, you know, he just he he just goes in like the whole Beastie Boy with the yo yo baby, like the whole overdo it. It's like. It's a little the glass. We got the. Why are you wearing four chains? Why? 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 Why are? Why are you doing it? Like it's like I'm not. Oh yeah, I like these. Like this is this is what they do, right? Like you, you wear the chains and you you wear the crazy cloth. It's like it's like a weird. But see, that's what I was asking for earlier, right? Like, I, but but I, like I said, it's everything is it, subtle. It doesn't matter. It's never, I, it's I call out the subtle stuff all day. That's what we doing. You, you know, that's what we doing. Research. We, we see, do all that stuff all see, day. Here, here's here's where I draw the issue on that because it's like, all right, if you have an issue with that, then do you have an issue with a kid wanting to wear Allen Iverson stuff and wanting to wear Jays and wanting to? This is what they do, right? Just like I, I was, uh, I don't know why. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure my my son was watching while he was like putting something in the dishwasher or something. But anyway, Soul Plane was on, and there was a scene where they're in the airport and uh, the, the kid, the dad gives it, you know, it's a white family. He gives his kid some money to go get something to eat or whatever. He comes back, he's got cornrows and like full fubu. Velour sweatsuit. Yeah, velour sweats, everything. Like, so yo, leg, dad, yeah. what's up? And yeah. it's like, well, the subtle part could be like, he, that's, not, what's, what's so wrong with that? He, it's at the airport. He bought that. He paid for it. Like he didn't steal it. He didn't, he didn't look through a window and they're like, Ooh, I'm not going to pay for it, but I'm going to make my own. And like, he, 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 everything, he got receipts. Like, but when you see it, you go, mm, I don't know. Like, like when, when I look at Derringer, the producer for, for Griselda, he looks like he's not dressing like, Benny the Butcher, or or Conway, he's Scott like a white Storch. dude. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Said what? I said, but Scott Storch does. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I, I just always want to throw in. And, and, but and, and so it could be. So what you're saying is like, so we, we go down a list. Yeah, maybe it's Benny Beastie Boys, Scott Storch, uh, a, a whole bunch of other people. But the point is. I want to put Beastie Boys on the list, and folks were like, "That's this sounds crazy. That's ludicrous. They're the Beastie Boys." Like, okay, well, just because they're the Beastie Boys, don't mean they could not participate in cultural appropriation at some level, yeah, at a is. subtle level, even if it's not a hundred percent. Like, okay, there's Riff Raff, which is on the uh, at a hundred percent. Like, no, there's nothing authentic. It's all one hundred percent. And then the BC boys, like, are they at 20, 30, 40? I don't know. Okay. The I, is, I, they're I, on. They're I, on. They're in the list. Every, every. It. Ev- if but how much, every how much of it is it? I, I can't, I'm not here to measure. How much I'm of just it is to... it? Is there? No, but but aren't they, are, are they a victim? Yes or no? A, a, are they a victim? Are they a victim of the of the society that has been developed around them? They were just no, born. No, 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 no. 
Now, see, that so if be- they're born into an America where they just so happen to have the skin color that they have and so happen to have the admirations that they have, that's Eminem. But when they pursue the admiration, no, that's Eminem. Eminem, Eminem grew up in Detroit. He grew up. He grew up poor. He grew up in in a in a, in a culture where he was surrounded. He's like, man, I, I can't. I can't. To to me, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this podcast earlier today, and I almost forgot this point. Like every community has a white, whatever. There's, there's white Mike, white Rob, white Rick, mm-hmm. whatever. I had, Ricky. I had a Ricky. Yeah, everybody's got him. And you call them that because not actually, the funny thing is you don't call them that because they're white. You call them that because they were, they're actually more black to you. Like white Rob, that's that's the homie that I've known my whole life who, who's been everywhere I've been, been in every fight I've been, been kicked out, evicted, food stamps, all of that. And that's White Rob. And nobody but I got say nothing bad about White Rob because that's my home. Compared to Little Dicky, who you both, you are grew up in a Jewish home. You, your whole life is solid. And he actually talks about this in the show Dave. He's like, so I can't talk about certain things? I'm like, no, you can't. Like his friends, like, no, you can't. Like, that's not your world. You have to, Weird Al Yankovic, Wrapped about that was that could be argued arguably cultural appropriation, but it was like he's doing comedy and it's, it's just a different space. And and, I, and I'm not saying that it's okay or not okay, but when I but when I look at it, and it, if it if it if it it did make me cringe at the time because I was younger, but when I looked as soon as my my wife literally just put it on, she's like. I was like, oh, I saw this. I don't want to watch this. I don't, I don't, I saw this trailer or I saw this movie. I don't want to watch them. And it wasn't about, I hate them. I'm just like, I just don't want to see it. I don't care about them. I don't care about, but don't you want to know the story? No. Like, I don't, it's a lot. But, that, but that, but that's still, I just don't, that's a rehash thing. There's, there's still the difference between, like, like, I'm not, I'm I'm not rushing even after this whole conversation. I'm not rushing to my TV to see the Beastie Boys documentary, right? But, like to again, and I, I really will stop after this. But the if, if everything that you're saying about um the 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 white whoever that all of us know, we all had that one friend growing up who was white but fit in with the rest of us, right? Versus BC Boyd or whoever, or versus Little Dicky, for example, right? Cool on an individual level. I totally understand. I'm with you there. The, when that breaks down for me, and but again, this is where I this is where I agree with you. But the reason why I'm saying we we where it where that breaks down in terms of oh yeah no that's why it's cool for them but not for them is because either way if that white person if if the if the white dude from our community was to somehow gain a platform, they will automatically be received better. Or, or buy more people than the black dude that they grew up with. And the moment that that happens, their success or their notoriety or their whatever contributes just as much to the issues that black folks experience in this world, just as much as Lil Dicky's success does. And that, and that does, and now, now again, we can have the conversation all day, the separate conversation about any sort of flagrant behavior for entering in, but the success of those two white folks, even though 
old boy grew up with us, people view him differently because he's white. And that's a societal thing. And that's a, that's a society thing. And you could say all that, you could try to vouch for him all day. Like, yo, I grew up with this dude. Nah, he ain't faking. Nah, like this really, like how he acts, whatever. But if we're talking about, nah, but this is black culture and the same people who are the, the same way that he's rapping, so many other black folks came in front of him and wasn't received the same way or whatever. You can argue that lamb should be with him, but that's a society thing that we still need to address. And so that, I think that's, that, again, that's just the one part that I'm getting hung up on. Uh, I, I, will, I, will, I will, this will be my, my shout out, my wrap up, my everything all in one. All right. Um, Go on, I'm done too. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, to, to the, so I, I had an issue with uh, when I was, uh, when it first came out, a book called Can't Stop, Won't Stop. Um, hip hop, the history of hip hop, in a, in a sense, mm-hmm. uh, by 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 an author named Jeff Chang. Mm-hmm. I worked at Barnes and Noble. I've seen a bunch of hip hop books on the shelves. Uh, this book came along, and people were like acting like no book on hip hop had ever been written before. They were just like, "Oh, Jeff Chang, can't stop. Do you have it?" I was like, "Okay." Um, who wrote it? And I didn't know who wrote it. I was like, oh, this looks dope. And then I was like, wait, wait, Jeff Chang. Like, I, I was like, nah, something's not, nah, something's not jiving. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling it. I mentioned this to my mentor. I was like, yeah, man, I'm not really feeling this Jeff Chang, dude. He's like, nah, like, you don't really know Jeff. So Jeff is a type of person, which I don't, and I'm not saying the BC Boys haven't, but Jeff is a type of person. He said, I heard him at a conference. And somebody was like, Jeff, your book is awesome. It just talks to me. He's like, whoa, 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 let's not act like black people ain't really been writing and talking about hip hop well before my book came along. I'm one moment in time discussing a culture that I am familiar with, that I rock with. But I am not the, you should not come to, don't look at me like I'm the president, the spokesperson for hip hop. I'm just one mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. That set Jeff Chang apart from anybody else who white rock, because even my homie, White Rock, might get on stage and just rock and get his money. Like, I, I never heard Action Bronson talk about white privilege or the fact that whiteness is a thing and acknowledge, like, yo, I got a, I got, I got two um, two brothers that I, that were rap way better than me that got killed when they're doing time, you know what I mean? Whatever the case may be. And that constantly puts the conversation at the forefront. And I'm not saying you got to walk around with it like every time somebody, every time you open your mouth. But like you said, Eminem had his moment or several moments where he we can point to and say like, yo, Eminem was like, stop. Like, like I feel like Eminem talks about proof more than he talks about proof is what happened. He was, uh, he was, did, did proof get killed or did he die of something else? I think he got killed. I think he I'm got pretty killed. sure. I mean, um, I don't want to put that on him if he did, but I... I yeah, I just feel like I feel like he did. I feel like it wasn't like a what. It was like a what, not a oh no, he has some type of ailment or something, um, or died of natural causes, which is crazy in this world. Like people actually do die of natural causes. Yeah, um, well, but anyway, a, a quick a quick Google search says that his cause of death was murder. This is yeah. very quick Google search. So uh, to that end, that's and I think that's the part that. And you don't feel like, like you don't feel like BC. I, and I I don't again. I don't. I'm not saying that they haven't. I don't. Something okay. about their, their life, their life, their their journey, like they just 
they walk in, we're the Beastie Boys, and we rap really well. That's why we're so famous. Like, I, 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 I okay, dog, stick with that. And again, I don't know. Watson Doc. And like I said, I don't know. There it is. So, Dev just told me that when I watch the doc, they're going to give. I'm not, I'm not talking about I love Run DMC. Now, now I'm saying no, 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 no. going no, 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 no. with this whole MOM filter. No, 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 no. Just, like, you just said they're going to have a speech of anti-whiteness on stage. Bro, you know, what you're gonna, wait. What you're going to see. wait. I cannot gonna, wait to see. What you're going to see is how innocent. How organic. How, how, you know. how you it's just like it's just like any other story of the nah. any rapper that came into the scene. It's just literally Listen, man. You're, you're only you're, little bow wow, little bow wow was innocent. Bow wow, the 34 no, year old no. grown, he's a grown man. No, but 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 are, but dev, but dev, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't you say in the documentary that they said like yo, we rocked with, with Run DMC and that's who we were? Yeah. Kinda... So that's, when they yeah, and then when they that's when different. they walked into the Russell Simmons office, Curtis Blow was right there and they was completely utterly celebrity shocked you know what i mean it's like they they knew they they were they it was eminem it was an eminem that, that, situation that's, that's not a, that's eminem not a jeff chang story that's not a jeff chang story they they need they need to talk to jeff chang because jeff chang would he I, jeff chang didn't say i really like ice cube he said well imagine not this, imagine, point this, imagine me this. as yep. the spokesperson for but, but, okay, okay. Jeff, jeff finally, chang but, had enough time uh had enough time uh, of hip hop already uh, happened to even talk about it. Beast Boys is coming in when yeah. hip hop yeah, is commercialized. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's, yeah. How do you, about the Beastie say, Boys are 16 to 19 years old and you expecting them like, no, you know, hey, man, you they deserve all the money that's coming. You gotta coming. grow fast. Hey man, listen, you gotta grow Curtis fast. Blow, Island, I was listening to Curtis Blow, but you got me over Curtis Blow. They're yeah, because the other thing, because <laughs> the other thing is you putting this on like, like, like BC Boys is in most people's top five, bruh. <laughs> like nobody, like Eminem, no, that, Eminem that, that has to do that because that Eminem is in a lot of people's top fives. BC Boys is getting a Apple, a Apple TV special, bruh. Like think about where that puts them <laughs> on a total. They like, are, they are in a lot of people, and they're still no, not they're saying not. they are hip hop. They're still yeah. not. They're still not like How many throwing big hip hop. Yeah. They are legends, bro. They are okay, legends. legends is cool, but they didn't they say nobody says that they so people do the same thing when you say bone thugs and harmony. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wrap up time. Uh, I I I give my shout my shout out was to Jeff Chang for opening my eyes to how uh folks can operate in uh assumption. Uh, I I I had certain assumptions about him based upon uh, a systemic uh, pain that I have seen and encountered as an educator, and I had a mentor correct me on not only was my assumptions about Jeff Chang incorrect, but he pointed to the fact that Jeff Chang is aware, is aware of, those of it. Same, I, I, of the same of those assumptions you. and voiced it, not just it wasn't a private conversation in the oh yeah man well on on an Uber ride he was like in the presence of the whole conference it's like let me educate all of you. And I and I would assume that he probably does that more than once. It wasn't just a one-time deal. So, but but but, uh, but, right. also, no, but also no, he was called out on it, and that's when he responded. So again, and I'm only mm-hmm. putting, I'm mm-hmm. only saying that to mm-hmm. say, I, based off the story you told, it ain't like he walked out on the stage. Hey, so listen, before we get started, 
I need to address I, some. I, I uh, see all the reviews. Racism. I see what y'all saying. He after he said it, I mean, after he was challenged, then he said it. So I'm saying I don't know if Beastie Boys or anybody else ever been in that situation. They've been in that situation. And how they would, how they would. That's what's weird about the whole situation. Because here's what my conclusion: there, there is this underlying rule that is not in a rule book anywhere. But if you are white, you do have to be aware, and you do have to like almost deflect the goat talk in which you would get if you were. Uh, in this entering space, in, yeah, in this space, entering yeah. in, in this uh, space, yeah, culture, I agree. You know? Like John, John Stockton ain't got it. John Stockton does not need to defend that he has that he leads the league. He has the NBA record of assists. He 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 threw the dimes. Magic should have threw more dimes if he wanted to be number mm-hmm. one. He just he just didn't. He ain't got to defend it. He's like you just are what you are. Now, mm-hmm. if he says I'm the greatest point guard in the world, I'm at to holler at you, John. Mm-hmm. Like. That's not, we can't do that. Or, but, but but if somebody said he was the greatest point guard in the world, did he step up and say? <laughs> but, but that's, but that's, again, that's the, that's the, there's a part that there's this, there's this balance, just in the, in the, in the, in the, in the art of it all, there's this balance between humility and cockiness or humility and confidence. And that's what Kobe did really well. Kobe would be quick to be like Jordan, Jordan, Jordan but I feel like I'm the greatest. And we're like, wait, you just said Jordan, but at the same, like, like you, like, which one is it? Exactly, exactly. Like, you know, uh, he just, he and Jordan did not do that. Jordan, no, no, actually, no, no that's a lie. That's a lie, that's a lie. That's a lie. Magic and Bird were his, were his. Yeah, yeah, yeah Jordan, but not just that, but Jordan will tell you, like he, like he will tell you players before his time yeah. were better than him. Um, and yeah. you'll be like, whatever, dude. But I understand what you're doing. You're playing the game, but we all know the <laughs> Nah, well, yeah. Uh, uh, Dev, do you got any, um, you got any shout outs, man, before we, this, this is, uh, this was good. I actually enjoyed this this episode, but, uh, but before yeah, we- Yeah, I think, we, I think we touched on a lot. Um, and uh, I think it really would get some gears going about some other things, people, listeners, Please give any little things that you might have got, any perspectives, any anything that we might have said that might have sparked another uh, point or proof on which Beastie Boys aren't culture <laughs> uh, appropriators, or if they or if they are, if they aren't. I mean, people who watch the documentary, I, I need these cats to watch it now. Just you know, might have to revisit or something. And say, all right, you know, I, I take that back. You know, they was raw, or I don't know, <laughs> you know, uh, but. Shout outs. Uh, man, I felt like I had one, but then it just seems like I'm reaching. Because um, I was going to say it was something about just being something that I just kind of realized being in this whole uh, stay at home initiative thing. But now I can't remember. So, you know, I don't even know if we did it. Did I do a shout out to. Oh, yeah, I did. I think we talked about the verses on IG and stuff like that. And it's kind of like, that is that is that is an element, to me, I feel like that is an element of hip hop, is like knowing how to bleed your culture out, like to express it in like a I bleed hip hop type of mode um, in, in a scene or in a sense or in a circumstance where it seems like it could be silenced, right? So here we are, no one can do shows, no one can, you know, 
make money, you know, I mean, but hip hop, you can still put out albums, I guess. But in, in all the ways that you would think hip hop couldn't be anything or do anything, still showed up. You know what I mean? And I think that's, I think that is a part of the spirit of hip hop, if you will. And I'll just say shout out to hip hop for that. And this quarantine days, like it's a real deal genre, man. One of the best ones out ever in history. I, I just want to go for the record that outside of shout, outside of shouting out his wife or um, G Paul's babies, that might be Deb's best shout out. I, I, I truly felt like, I was like, man, that's, that's rich, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the, the cat said bleed it. I'm thinking of the people who are doing these battles and free concerts and and just I mean right now if you go to Instagram somebody probably playing music just DJing yep, just, just like, DJing yeah like with no care like oh I, I'm not gonna do it until I get seven hundred thousand like they're not like man whatever I just mm -hmm. love it I just no love motives, it so, yeah and the strange it really is, speaks is, to the spirit of it yes people who don't have albums out here like DJing like man I just like yeah it's it's like where it almost feels like an like an attempt to kill hip hop, and it's like nah, like nah, we're not letting that happen. Like it's like nah, right? Nah. Yeah. Like yep. I mean, it's not. I know this is not an attack on hip hop, but I'm saying just the idea of how people are responding. Like no, no, no yep. we got to do a battle. Uh, RZA yep. versus <laughs> we got to yep. do something. We, we we can't let it go. It's like no one said it was going anywhere. I, I, no. Right. Yeah, I mean, no. You got the NBA out of business. You got the NFL out of business, but and so you kind of feel like that. No, you ain't put hip hop. You ain't put a hip hop out of business. Yeah, NBA players are not doing like, yeah, I'm gonna show you how to shoot jumpers. Like, they right. just, they <laughs> they make their beards, be and they... but that's why. No, nah, that's, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, teach me something. <laughs> Get me to the NBA. Uh, um, I'm I'm kicking myself, uh, or I was kicking myself at least, um, and I made I told myself I'm gonna make sure that I, I did it now. Um, told myself last podcast to shout out Fred the Godson and I did not and uh and of course he uh in case you have not heard by now I'm sure anybody that listens to this podcast who's familiar with Fred the Godson has heard by now that he um that he passed uh due to complications of um of COVID-19 um so I just want to do an official though shout out to to him um having been uh man just a, just a just a dope MC and, and contributor to hip hop, um, in addition to, you know, father, son, husband, um, and uh, from everything that folks who know him have said, like, like dope, just dope human being. So um, obviously I didn't know him personally, but um, just wanted to shout him out um, because, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm sure that he will be missed. Um, I definitely just went back and was like listening to different Fred the guy some freestyles, uh, you know, over the last week too, just to, um, just cause he, I mean, he was, he, his, his, uh, his metaphor game and, um, uh, uh, punchline game was style, man. You just gotta, you just gotta world, say what we used bro. to say, man. His style is just it raw. Out of this it's world, just, oh. it just, it, he, mean, he brought, he brought something to hip hop. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. Yeah, he, he kept he, true to you know what I mean. It's just, he kept it like the idea that okay, so y'all want to do metaphors? Like I will go to Mars with mine. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it, like you, you, he's like impossible to listen to without like wait wait, wait what did he say? Like wait yeah, you gotta yeah. think like so like like Pippin, I hold the mic sick. Oh <laughs> snap! I get it. Like <laughs> yeah. like dude, yeah, and he's, and, he's and he and he. 
he was actually, there are a few artists who I, I think we don't really appreciate them enough. I mean, myself included, where he he's actually, at least for me, better to listen to just in terms of freestyles. Like, I don't even need you to try mm-hmm. to make a song. Mm-hmm. Right. Like but I just appreciate the the genius of your mind to be able to draw the connections the way that you do. Right. And the way that his metaphors kind of, you could tell this man was in, like, he was brilliant. You know what I'm saying? Just to be able to draw those connections. And so, um, yeah, man, I mean, hip, hip hop is at a loss there. Um, and just to shout out to, I mean, not to, not to put, um, expose too many people's like information, but I, I know a few folks who, um, have battled with or have passed from um, complications with COVID-19. Um, I actually had a board member uh, who did as well. So just acknowledging and, and been praying for his family. Um, and so if there's anybody who, who is in that battle or who has family members who are in that battle, um, just know, you know, we, we're, I'm praying every night for healing, for, um, you know, and, and just God's mercy, but, to, but wanted to make sure uh, in terms of this hip hop podcast that we that we shouted out Fred the Godson for sure. Um since I we, we should have and I meant to do it last week. Definitely. Um but yeah other than that hope that y'all enjoyed this as Dev said please make sure you give a show comments like let us know man Landon you was big tripping and caping for white folks. Mylon don't know what you're talking about. Dev you misinterpreted that entire uh, documentary whatever <laughs> whatever your comment my, my uncle co-produced it i can tell you what it was really about and you know it was I, funny I, I do if i get interject i do wonder okay. about that because that was beastie boys telling their story right so i was like oh I, I need what happened on russell's end because of what they say and how russell didn't pay him but then he kind of gave Russell throughout this technical thing was like, well, y'all didn't really record with Def Jam. So this is, it was just, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. So I was just like, all right, let me see what happens on Russell's side. Because I'm sure, though, they was going bananas with putting the Beastie Boys on, like marketing and all that. And like like how they were doing their sets for all the tours and different places, like just the amount of stuff, like stuff we would think would be out today was on their stage. Like it was just like I'm sure they spent a lot of money or took out a lot of loans or something, and they probably had to pay all that back when the thing happened that happened, and so they probably couldn't pay out Beastie Boys. Like that's just, you know, I mean, money is money. You got you got to come from somewhere or the business. So I feel like some happened on the business side that Russell was like, well, I mean, we got to pay the bills or something. I don't know, and then, you know, so but yeah, man, watch it, man. I need I need now I need these conversations. No, I, I was I wanted to say real real quick, um uh in a in a this 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 episode kind of featured Deb and his uh, knowledge of the um uh, documentary. I, I was thinking, I didn't know, I just saw just as a potential, we say this all the time and viewers probably get angry, like, man, you always say that we should talk about this and you never do it. We never uh, do. We never do. It's just a part, it's just a thing. We should talk about. But I didn't know that I didn't realize that Griselda was signed to both Jay Z and Eminem. But well, is it like through Shady management? Or Shady is the I think I think Shady, Shady is the is the label. Rock uh, Rock Nation is probably management. We we need to talk about Rock Nation's management because, and the reason why I say that it's kind of like highlights Dev 
because he, you know, he has the producer mindset. He, he does the, you know, the, the intro, he creates the beats, he, he produces rappers, uh, artists, actually, I don't want to call them rappers, he produces artists. And I feel like, like, people want to get signed to Rock Nation, but I don't know what they do outside of giving you the name. Like, I know about Griselda, not because like, oh yeah, they got hella videos and they feature with Beyonce. Like, I just know about them because I know about them. Like, what do you do? They're because, managers. I mean, what is Yeah, that? but what do you, what, 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 what are you manage their tour? Like, what what tour? Like, where where's Griselda's next show? Like, I don't it, know any of this. All the stuff, it, as much as you see Griselda, a lot of that probably got to do with what? I, mean, I see Griselda on Conway's Instagram, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I literally saw... Basically, I, I hear you, saw, they not mainstream for sure. And if Rock I'm Nation... Are you serious? Time out, time out, time out. They're time not mainstream. They are not mainstream. You were on, like... Two late night shows, like within the last. No, brother, stop brother, it, brother, Mac, brother, stop. Go ask who the episode is. Episode. Are save you my... serious? Episode. I agree. I dev agree. Ask ten people who Griselda is. No one knows. <laughs> they gonna say bro, somebody auntie. Time out. Man. <laughs> time out. Are you telling me that we, you don't think that them? We can't. We're going to sleep. I'm going to sleep. I'm not even saying that mainstream. Said what? Like, don't don't get that twisted. But that doesn't mean brother. that. Don't expose how small your circles are, brother. If you think ten people know, <laughs> I just, I just don't know what they do. Like I was like, wait, what? Like, but, wait, they're on both. Like I feel like they hustle like, get themselves. Them, get them, get them, get them on the uh, tr- uh, car karaoke rock nation. Get them on the, you know what I mean? Like that's what right. we mean mainstream, brother. Not, I'm not saying no, no. I'm not saying they're mainstream, but I'm saying you can't say that their managers aren't doing anything if they've been on. The I didn't show. say that. I said, what do they do? I'm asking. Just, just like, they put them on a late they, night show. That's one big thing. That's a huge thing. That was in 2018. Next three months ago. Next. I don't remember right. it. Anyway, I'm I don't like, remember it. We push our trash. That waste. There's a no, but I, you I, need I to come get managed by me. I, I had. I don't know how much of it is true, but I, what I was going to say, I mean, if it's Rock Nation, I'm sure it's just connection heavy. That's it. It's just like, oh, yeah, no, we know them. Let's do this. Let's set this up. Like, I'm just sure it's a bunch of that. You know what I, I mean? I, I, and that's what I'm saying. I, that's, I just, I'm not saying that they don't. I'm saying I don't know. So I want, like, let's talk about it. Help me understand what but does I, the management team do? But you, I, I, you, I guess I'm wondering, you want them to do something more than what any other manager does? I... I want them, I want to know what, so there's, there's, there's Mylon Drake's management team and I will manage you. Then there's the Dev and Landon say the greatest rapper of all times management team with the other potential greatest rapper of all time production team. They should have their own amusement park. What else do you like? If That's you put, not how it works. Are you when you put the two people, <laughs> not how so it you're works. on shady records that and you it. have rock management, the whole world should like who who's Mylan. who's, Mylan. who's Drake's management? Who is Mylan. Drake's management? Mylan. Who is Drake's management? I'm I'm going to guarantee no. you this. No, no, no. Listen, I'm going to. Nobody's guarantee. doing the Griselda. Mylan. Um, Mylan. The slide. I I promise you. The moment that the entire world knows Griselda's name is the very moment that you will no longer be a fan of them. Because that means that the music that they are making is not, quote unquote, like we were talking about, marketable. I, I guarantee you, I, I promise you, 
They can put all the energy they want to behind it. Griselda makes the type of music that is not going to be mainstream. It's just not. And it's okay. Let it be, let it be what it is. But I'm saying like, but what, like, when I, I need to, I, I really want to examine like how, like how, what are their record sales looking like? What are you doing? Like, so Myland, like, you could have just stayed by yourself. For the New York streets. What more They do were you making want? music for the New York streets before they got signed. <laughs> oh <my goodness>. and, <laughs> they were, they have, and they have really become a thing. Like folks know who they, I'm not Why? saying. Why? Because, because of Jay-Z's management? I don't know who's telling each other, but, but what more do you want? They got I, opportunities, I just, brother. That's what Rock Nation gives you, the opportunity. Yeah, opportunity, that's what I, well, opportunity to what? To, 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 to do dope freestyles? You were already doing dope freestyles. To put out as many albums as they have over the last year. Like that. I, I mean this with, if, if Griselda, if, if anyone is listening, I mean this with all due respect. Somehow, wink, wink, they have money already from- but They don't have, pay, I'm, not, I'm not, okay, I'm done. I'm muting myself. I'm muting myself on Zoom. I'm not. So that's what you do, man. So listen, man. I sometimes, Dev, the Jedi powers are too strong, and and when you get people, and we need to have the the book power strong or something, brother. You just need to read about how these things work. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to read. I want. I, I, I just. I. I want. I don't want to read. I said, you know what. I just learned. This is like this learning. Like this dude hey, doesn't man. know how business works. Like and he had like, a whole, he had a whole management business. Like, no, that's just like saying. That's just to me. It's just like saying, like, oh, you went to you went to college. Yeah, yeah. Where'd you go? Oh, I'm trying to start my business, man. But you know, like, I went to Harvard Business. I'm just trying to get my business off the ground. What do they teach you at Harvard? Like, what what did you yeah. learn? Uh-huh. Where you're like, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to figure out how to get it off the ground. Why are you trying to figure out how to get off the ground? Like you have a Harvard degree in business. Like I don't understand. You, Mylon, you know how many people have been signed to Aftermath and just not popped, but that doesn't mean I, they and, haven't been successful. Like what do you like? Not everybody's going to become a megastar. I don't, I don't want them to become a megastar. I, I you do. What more you no, want? I, I, I mean this with because all. They're not hot right now in your terms. They're, 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 they're they're hot. Hot. They are hot, but I feel like they do it by themselves. They, but but, like, my, but see, see that, they have been like, so like Benny, like so you're saying like Benny the Butcher wasn't selling, he wasn't making albums before he got signed. Mylon, 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 refute my late night. Disc- just refute that point. Uh, okay, so, so the, you, you got him on Jimmy Fallon. I saw him on Jimmy Fallon. So, so that does not happen without a major team behind you. You think Jimmy Fallon's just cruising through Buffalo and Harden Cats rapping on the street like, yo, come he, to he, my he show? He probably has. He probably did. Really <laughs> like, That's how mean? I heard about him. That's how I learned about him. I right, the roots told him. The roots told him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jimmy, just just trust me. I, I'm not going to go into details. I just, just, just. Because if you see him, you ain't going to want it. <laughs> And no, I'm not gonna let you talk if to you him. You just hear just, him. <laughs> oh my god! First man. time you hear him is the day they perform. That's the. Yeah. We're, not gonna, <laughs> yeah. we're not doing no demos. We're not. Gonna, no, can, no, you don't hear no album. No, no, no. no interviews. Nope. <laughs> get man, off the web. Get off the web. Get off the goop. Don't you Google them? Don't you Google them? <laughs> we, I, we, I get it. People, HHRT podcast on Twitter. Hip hop yes. podcast. Where can you find us? Uh, Hip hop roundtable on Facebook. 
They uh, might, you might be able to find this on rock management. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm gonna go check. Hat, hashtag listen to the end. You'll hear rock nation. <laughs> oh my god, I can't even talk. HHRT podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us, connect with us. Or don't at this point. I couldn't even blame you if you didn't want to. If this is your first and last, like, you know, why do I do this? Why do I, I don't know my... why. I, mean, I don't even know how. And I don't, I, anyway, people, I put up this fight for y'all. I really wanted to just be off, but I couldn't just let my keep nope. just talking. This happens every time. Hey, I, shout out, to, shout out to Rhapsody being managed by uh, Rock Nation too. Yeah, Grammy, Grammy nominated. As soon as she did that too, who knew? Uh, you know, but whatever. Okay, <laughs> Rock Nation, what do they do? Yeah, what is, like what? What do they do? Shout out, shout out to Knife Wonder who clearly didn't do nothing for Rhapsody before her Grammy nomination. Yeah, wow. but also, but guess what he did? Wow. He went and he signed with Rock Nation. And look what happened. <laughs> but anyway, okay, all right, I'm done. Wow. Well, I'm gonna be off here. Pushing our chairs back from the round table. I'll let y'all the next one. <laughs> <laughs>